It is Wednesday, which means this is the Mandalorian division. I'm Justin Group, and we've got quite a show, tons of movie news uh, this week, uh, but also a great Man of Steel review. First time watching for Taylor Wilson. Uh, how you doing, bud? Um, I'm doing good, but I do want to point out you sound very different right now. You sound like you're underwater. Do I? Okay. Okay, I will... you're good now. <laughs> Is it? Okay, I don't. I didn't do. I touched the mic. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Maybe there's something in front of it. Uh, uh, anyways, this is unanimous indecision. I'll do that again. Uh, I'm Joshua Troop. I've got Taylor Wilson with me. If you're new to the show, this is a show where we talk about movies and movie news and just stuff we we love to talk about. Uh, hopefully there won't be too many WandaVision spoilers in this. There shouldn't be any because I don't think our topics necessarily go down that route. But uh, we do two shows a week, and there are also two different ways you can find us. We do this show Wednesdays at 5 p.m. live on twitch.tv slash unanimous indecision, 5 p.m. Eastern time, uh, which features a movie review with last week's movie news. And then on Saturdays at noon Eastern time, we do our our latest WandaVision episode review. Uh, that's just the show we're doing right now. After WandaVision, we'll probably be reviewing Falcon and Winter Soldier. I don't know what's after that. Maybe Loki. Maybe there will be something else. Well, we'll have to play that one by ear. Uh, but for now, it's WandaVision. I think we're up to episode six is this Saturday. Uh, is our review for this Saturday, and then and that's at noon Eastern time, also live at twitch.tv slash decision. But if you can't catch us live, you can also catch us in audio form via podcasts, wherever podcasts are sold for free, and just catch us there. You choose the way you want to listen to us, but feel free to join our conversation live uh, during those respective times. And if you're new to the show, we spoil movies, so that when we're talking about Man of Steel, there will be Man of Steel spoilers. There will be spoilers probably throughout the entire DCEU franchise. Um, because how, how do you talk about a singular movie in a franchise without talking about how it relates to others? Um, unless it's the first one, which this one is the first one, but it's also like 10 years ago. Taylor, what'd you think of this man that's faster than a speeding bullet? And made of steel. Uh, I will say, and I don't know if this is going to rub people the wrong way, but a good start to any review. I, I, I don't think. Use your words. I don't. I, I don't think I liked <laughs> the movie. Okay. I think. Uh, as far as the standard of superhero movies are at this point in time, and like the like, here's the thing for its time period that it came out, <laughs> it wasn't that long ago, it wasn't that long ago. But look at the competitors it had at the time, right? We didn't have like the majority of the MCU existing. We had all of phase one of the MCU. Yeah, yeah. So phase one. And there's, you know, been two more phases and now we're on the fourth. But what I mean is, like, I think there's been a shift in the tones of how superhero movies are, you know, carried out. And, uh, you know, the themes that they carry. And this movie, I mean, it it's very theatrical. Like, 
it is a movie I think I would have loved to see in theaters. However, it gave me like Transformer vibes. It gave me like <laughs> it gave me um, Fast and Furious, like the later, you know, in I'm gonna say personally worse ones. <laughs> like right, right, right. right. Um, where it's just like so much action, and I don't think I can. Like they do dabble with like his character development of like oh he's a young boy and like he doesn't know his place in the world, but like still though it's 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 almost like yeah I mean he's literally an alien like that's kind of unrelatable I mean he's struggling <laughs> with things that are very human like bullying and right. like having to hold his anger and like you know he knows that he has these capabilities and he has to hide them. And, you know, wait on the world to be ready. But, like, what kid or what any human is like, I have to hold myself back because the world isn't ready for me. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, that's very surface level. But the, I think that articulates how I feel about the movie. Like, I'm like, this is this is like learning about, like, the super, like, the struggles of, like, the super, super top like almost almost alien type of like soldiers that like operate at such a high like mental and physical level where it's like I have no idea how to relate to that because I have right. no experience or like any nothing in my life puts me in a situation where I'm like you know he's probably struggling with the same things I am. <laughs> and I don't know if I'm like over um if I'm over amplifying the importance of that with this movie but I think uh, I think that made me reflect on how I view superhero movies because I realized like, well, why am I thinking this way? Why am I judging this film this way? And I think it's because uh, I, I am very fond of superhero movies nowadays that take in those aspects of like very critical, you know, like struggles of, you know, character development where they have struggles and they have issues in their life. And a lot of these issues um, even if they're, you know, abstract in some way, they they're almost like so fantasy level that like you can make them uh, relate. Yeah. Whereas like, I mean, you could argue like, oh, uh, you know, Kale comes to Earth. That's just right. Oh, That's Cal. A, yeah, yeah. Cal. Cal. I was, like, <laughs> I, was, Kale. I was like the vegetable. <laughs> yeah. Cal comes to Earth and he doesn't know his place. And you could almost say, like, well, someone who's maybe lived in a different country for a while, like, they they maybe have that experience. Well, but it's I, like, I, I think it kind of goes to the idea that, and because this movie, the we, everything we kind of learned about him is sort of told through flashbacks. Now, I am a huge complainer about flashbacks in most movies. I actually think this movie uses flashbacks almost flawlessly. Because like they, yeah. every single one of them, its sole purpose is to evoke an emotional response out of us. Uh, yeah, that seems and, pretty and accurate. That, yeah. that to me is so much more useful than being like, hey, remember Info when dog. you were six and fell down? <laughs> like, yeah. And, and I, think, um, I think I know what you're getting at. Like a lot of flashbacks are info dumps where you right. get a bunch of inf information and it's like, okay, sure, whatever. Like now I know what's going on. Um, right. And I think that's how flashbacks were initially used because it's kind of like, hey, I need to show this information and I don't know how to show right. it. Other I than need to show that it's always been important. 
but how do I do that without going to 10 years ago? Yeah, <laughs> like, well, I might as well just go um, there. <laughs> whereas know? none of these really tell us hardly any information other than his relationship with his father, which we don't get in modern times. Yeah. Um, but I forgot what I was really going to say with that. But um, You were talking that, about it evokes uh, emotional response, all the flashbacks do. Yeah, the, the flashbacks do a great job of that. And that's, I think where a lot of the character development comes from, from my perspective in this movie is that he it's completely up to him. It, his dad, Pa Kent did such a good job at raising him. And then at the end of the day, he said, but it's up to you to determine whether we're worthy of you. Mm -hmm. And you can either rule us or help us kind of thing, which he didn't use those words, but that's basically what he's saying that mm -hmm. your way, you could defeat anyone on earth. There's no weapons on earth that can stop you. Uh, so you can either rule us or help us. It's completely up to you. You have to determine whether humanity is worthy of you. Yeah. And this is just like a 14 year old kid <laughs> at the time. Yeah. Uh, and then, but but I think where the story, I remember what I was going to say, where I went to the flashbacks, that it becomes almost super relatable despite him being an alien. Uh, just like you were saying, being raised in a foreign country, I think it really goes to the adoption story, which maybe not a ton of people are adopted. But for those that are, I'm sure that's a very relatable aspect of Superman mm -hmm. is that, um, I mean, I really like the way Smallville does it because... I, I want to say Smallville picks up where he doesn't even know he's adopted yet. Mm -hmm. um, and you find out <laughs> adopted. that. Adopted. Right. right. <laughs> you, you basically find, he finds that out. We know, but he finds that out throughout the first season that he's adopted. And then there's the second fold to that card of you're also not human. <laughs> like, Yeah. Uh, and, and that's why I think becomes a very, connectable trait but then it's also at the end of the day he's trying to do good without starting a religion around him yeah and <laughs> honestly it got me thinking about the roles of the major characters in this movie a lot uh, with the perspective of like relationships to humanity and like you know reality which is um you know obviously the movie poses the question of like a humanoid like person from far away comes here and he just absolutely is like right. undominated. Top, like top he, of the food chain. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like apex in every way, like even on like a geographical scale, like he can <laughs> fly through mountains. Like our right. mountains don't even do anything. <laughs> um, or topographical. I, I don't know. Anyway, what I'm right. I hear you. Like, you could also argue topographical because he's not bounded by Ground. the need to live near water. You can just <laughs> also cook it. Ground. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, long story short, what I'm saying is uh, it, it paints the reality of that situation, like a, a, a thing coming here and it is really strong. Right. And it's, and right. it happens to look like a human. So he's able to integrate right. well. Um, and that's the story. What it got me thinking about is, Command, oh, what's his name? Commander Zod or General right, Zod? Yeah, General Zod. General Zod. And, th and this is a weird, I don't know why I've been thinking about his character so much. 
No, I mean, I think, like I think in a lot of ways, um, we're kind of told three stories throughout this movie. It's Superman's story, Zod's story, and then Lois Lane's story. Yeah. And, and it very much feels that way because there's just straight up like full sequences that don't have the other two characters. In yeah. <laughs> like, and um, it's funny because it makes me think about and this I'm trying to get there, but uh, so General Zod, he is the product of a society uh, without choice. Right. Like that's right. that's why um, he's bred to be a soldier, bred to protect Krypton. Yeah. Kale's or Cal's uh, dad, um, you know, they saw that that was not the future. They saw that, right. like, you know, the part that makes life enjoyable is the decisions and the choices right. and like, whether, and yeah, whether they're good or not. Um, you know, that's what makes us truly free. And uh, it makes me think like the reality of, okay, well, we were the, we were like the subordinates or like the, the second class citizens in this story. We were, we were the things that were about to be taken over. And it was only because one of them decided, hey, this is not a good thing, which was that, uh, you know, Superman's dad and also Superman. So it makes me wonder, what if humanity was, it was swapped. Humanity uh, is the one that goes to right. a planet. So, so we go to Mars. It's already populated by ants, not ants. Or not but, even ants, uh, but like, <laughs> you know, like some, maybe like a, what what's it in Star Wars? The what the little uh, episode five, six? Maybe? Oh, the the Ewoks. Ewoks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so so right. so, so like what, so we go to Mars, we find tribalistic Ewoks. Yeah, and it's like who are we? Who is our right to? I mean, we would definitely go in there and gather resources. Like it's 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 not <laughs> even a question. Like we right. would, humanity would be like, oh, they're they're dumb. Like we can just hoard them in this area and then we can take this area. And it, it, it makes but there you realize, would be like, people, there would be people fighting against it for sure. Yeah. I mean, and, preservationists. And, and I mean, regardless of them fighting against, it, I guess it becomes though like, yeah, but unless it's like a president of one of the top three powers of the world, how much are they actually fighting against it? Right. Because we're talking about Superman fighting against his people versus like PETA fighting again <laughs> yeah and as an example yeah and to me i think that really hones in on like they like kale's dad or is it cow i keep saying Kale. it's cow c-a-l c-a-l cow like california like california not but like it's caleb. but it's spelled not a, like caleb but, but like it's spelled with a K though in the movie. The subtitle is it is a K. a K. It is a K. But I'll say it like California Cal. Okay, I can remember. You want to say it's Cal L, but <laughs> yeah, Cal L. I can remember that. Okay, so Cal's dad. It, 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 I think Jor-El, it really amplifies <laughs> their decision because imagine if humanity was pressed with the need to go to say hypothetically Mars and hypothetically there was a bunch of Ewoks on it, like another entire race and they, their planet was thriving, like healthy planet. You would consider the man to say, Hey humanity, you deserve to die now because you don't just get to take this 
Ewoks planet. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, like we, like most of humanity would consider him a terrorist. Like, like, for sure. For sure. Right. So, D- so despite what we're doing, despite what we're yeah. doing. So I think it's, it's really profound that like the only, like when you think about it, Superman he, he is, is only Superman the- because we are the Ewoks and we are like, thank goodness one of them saved us because we had no option. And that's kind of the whole thing is that like, that that's why it's so good. Again, I go back to Smallville just because Smallville gives us like 10 years of this character's life kind of thing. Yeah. Um, And I think it's very good telling of it. There's a couple of missteps throughout, but uh, it showed the whole idea of it that like, it's almost so important. It's such a byproduct of things that happen, but it's so important that he's raised amongst us that he grows up, that he's bullied. Even mm-hmm. he, he gets to fully relate to us on every level. And even in this movie, when he's trying to find himself inadvertently, he's learning more about humanity, about the cruelness of humanity, but also about the gentleness of humanity and mm-hmm. how there's no blanket term that applies to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's very important that he's so that even before he finds himself, he has learned so much about humanity that when he finally gets that full answer about himself, he's actually ready to do something to help humanity because mm-hmm. he's determined that it's at least 50 plus 1% on the good side. Yeah. Um, but you're right. I mean, like it's definitely set up in such a way that like, if we ever became the aggressor against in DC comics, Mars actually is populated. Uh, <laughs> if we became the aggressor against Mars's people, the idea is that Superman would stop us, which I think he has done in certain comics like he's stopped wars from happening and but it makes it interesting because like why doesn't he stop all wars from happening he chooses some wars over others um and i i think that's maybe too complicated and i'm sure they always give a somewhat goofy reason (laughs) to get this fictional character away from a modern political topic Mm -hmm. um this is kind of random, but it does pertain to the movie. Yeah. Uh, one thing I did not know, and I didn't, I don't know if this is like a movie style, style choice, or if it's a uh, comic book, like, like a literal comic book, like adaptation, but, uh, his ability to like see x-ray and do like, you know, laser vision, are these byproducts of being on earth? Right. So all, so in, pretty in much actually, all of his abilities. I'm are... not, not going to lie. This this time watching it, I understood it way more than every previous other time watching it. Yeah. Um, because previously I I was pretty negative on this movie. Um, kind of middle of the road, not like super negative. That I was I was like, okay, out of Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, Justice League, Man of Steel's the best, but. And then it goes Batman v Superman, which is just barely under it. But Man of Steel, I think, is a lot higher. I, I should give him more credit. Um, but I do have the same problem that you do, which is the and, and even though they are two separate fights, they almost flow into each other so well that it feels like such a long fight. And that's the fight in Smallville against the two soldiers, and then the fight with Zod. Like those are two completely different fights, but they're separated by kind of another action sequence, which is him destroying the terraformer 
And so it yeah. just feels like one long 30-minute thing. It's uh, a lot of action. Which has been my qualm about it. I guess I kind of forgive it, though, because a lot of the movie is like pretty slow. It sits on a lot of moments. <laughs> like, like yeah. there's moments where we're just like talking. And I'm like, yeah, what they're saying is important, but nothing's really happening. Um, yeah. But yeah, so Kryptonians, it, it, going with your Mars analogy, if you and I were teleported to Mars right now, teleported, no, okay. no adjustment to the climate, nothing. We would, we, would be, we would be able to lift, what is it, like three times our capability? Oh. I was like, we would die instantly. There's no yeah, yeah, I mean, like but, with, but with you mean, proper yeah. breathing. I mean, they're wearing breathing suits, right? Yeah, we would have the muscle capacity. and So, like, think about it. On Krypton, yeah. we don't see anyone do, like, those crazy jumping, no, right? No. But here's the thing. When they get to here, it's here is a, well, it's, <laughs> it's, simultaneously a harsher environment to breathe in yeah the atmosphere's thicker but the radiation levels from the sun uh it's it's a lot more um bright because it's a younger sun than the mm -hmm. sun of krypton uh not sun of but the star <laughs> yeah uh superman is the sun of krypton <laughs> uh but and so it's so it's very difficult to breathe, but because of the excess radiation and talking about Kryptonian physiology or whatever, uh, and because of gravitational constraints and all these other things, they're able to jump further, lift more, punch harder. Mm -hmm. But if, and so they all are superior. They have superior physiology as if, we went to Mars, we would have superior physiology than some yeah. human race that had been living on Mars for some 200 years and fully acclimated to the gravitational levels, the atmosphere and so on. Yeah. But yeah, Superman if, if had, has yeah. been living here his whole life. And so he's stronger mm -hmm. except for the fact that Zod is actually even stronger than him mm -hmm. because, and Zod gives reason for it. He gives mm -hmm. reason for it. So, Zod is used to the previous levels. So mm -hmm. he gets the, the new bonus, which is new to him, but he has the breathing problems. But, but remember what Superman tells him? He says it took him years to establish that focus. Well, yeah. Zod was bred to do one thing. Yeah. Focus. <laughs> yeah. Focus on Krypton survival. And what does that mean? Killing Superman. Mm-hmm. And so, or at least destroying Superman, capturing Superman, whatever you want to say. And so yeah. that, that drive actually makes Zod stronger than Superman. Yeah. And so I think it's really interesting. Um, how do you feel about the most, actually, I'll wait, I'll, I'll wait a few more minutes to ask this question, but uh, you talked about tone. I mean, DC has, it, it's kind of a simultaneous DC thing and a Zack Snyder thing. Um, the films are pretty gritty, uh, until recently, I'll say, uh, like Aquaman, Wonder Woman, 1984. Cause I'll say Wonder Woman is still kind of a gritty film. Mm -hmm. Uh, but Wonder Woman, 1984, Aquaman, Shazam, they're kind of the not so gritty movies, but a lot of DC movies you look at since the early two thousands, 
pretty mm-hmm. gritty movies. The Dark Knight trilogy are very dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, another Zack Snyder DC movie, Watchmen, mm-hmm. uh, very dark. And so, yeah, a lot of people have made those claims about DC in general. Um, I think there's definitely a place for gritty films. I mean, it works flawlessly for Batman. Um, Mm -hmm. And a lot of people had your exact statement, I guess, that like you're not necessarily fond of the tone that this movie was going with. A lot of people had that problem because it was that tone combined with Superman. That they yeah. didn't want they didn't want Superman to be a gritty movie. Superman Superman's a Boy Scout kind of thing. They don't they don't want it to be so gritty, but it's it's a dark movie and Superman has to learn a very powerful lesson mm-hmm. <laughs> at the end of it. Um but yeah, I mean, so what what do you think about it? A lot of people that this movie is very divisive for a couple of reasons, but for one reason in particular, Superman kills Zod. How do you feel about Superman killing Zod? What side do you come down on? I know what side I come down on. Um, I don't really care. I mean... That's where I was for a while, but now... I, I was very indifferent. Well, like, what's the other time. opinion? Like, oh, he shouldn't have? Like, He shouldn't have killed Zod. He... The problem with that, before I was indifferent, I was just like, eh, whatever. This Superman kills. Sure. Like, sure, maybe previously Superman doesn't kill, which isn't 100% true. There's comic book I mean, instances the, of both. In the movie, he's literally about to kill innocent civilians. And you have to argue, okay, in that moment, did Superman, could he have done anything but, like, attack? Like, could he right. continue to restrain? It did not look like he could continue to restrain. So in that moment, I think it's like... And he would have to restrain what? Forever? Yeah, yeah. Like, for, yeah, yeah. That That's the idea. He doesn't currently have a way to get Zod back into the Phantom Zone because they did that plan and Zod didn't... Everyone yeah. else got taken. The ship's destroyed into mm-hmm. their Phantom engine explosion black hole thing. Everyone else got taken, but Zod is still here. We don't currently have a way to get him into the Phantom Zone. So what do you do? You restrain him forever? And you're also losing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I don't necessarily see it as this is a Superman who kills, but I agree with you that it's like, this is the instance where Superman has to kill. Mm -hmm. Because Zod is unstoppable. He, He was bred to do one thing. And he's going to do it. He even tells Superman, you took my soul. What a powerful statement. Yeah, and I mean, he also says the statement right after that or right before it where he's like, I'll kill every single human one by one if I have to. And it's yeah. like, I mean, he could definitely do it too. Like he's, <laughs> They look like, well, maybe he would have to act fast, but they seem <laughs> to age at the same. Right, you know, re- relatively same rate. Um it's it's always been a question whether Superman's kind of immortal or not. Um, I don't know if there's any justification one way or another. Yeah. <laughs> but because it's like all the characters in comic books look the same age forever. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. Um, but he obviously grew up from an infant to an adult. Yeah. You so said you had a question for a couple minutes. Yeah, that, that's all it was. That's oh, okay, it was, okay. was just the because because that's a very debated topic around this movie is whether Superman should be be a killer 
Um, and regardless, kind of sidestepping the answer to that, I think, is what we both came to, that whether he's a killer or not, this is the instance where there's not really a whole lot of other options with Zod. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, with the Zod that this movie presents to us. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting, too, because I want, like this doesn't get really answered in the movie at all. And, I mean, it's one of those things that's, like, way too deep and probably boring for most users to want to dive into. <laughs> but the idea of, like, how the political landscape changes once Superman mm -hmm. saves everyone like this. Because I mean, now it's, like... Political, religious, like... Yeah, I mean, like, the world changes. It Well, not even changes. It's, like... I imagine there's like a cold period where everyone just kind of sits and is like, Hmm, well, we're voting a new president. Like, <laughs> how much does that matter? If there's a guy that can literally do whatever he wants. Is this president pro Superman or anti Superman? That's important. Yeah. I imagine everyone just starts running pro Superman presidents. Cause it's Superman. <laughs> so, yeah. It's like you said, uh, there's not a whole lot you could do against. Him. Although Lex Luthor at one point gets elected president in the comics and he's very anti-Superman. So, yeah. Uh, so sometimes, because that's the thing is that even though Superman has all these abilities, he's still a gentle, he's a gentle ruler kind of thing. Very hands off. And, and it's only because he chooses to be. And it's because he chooses to be now at any point. Humans time, he, have no leverage <laughs> at any point in time. He could choose not to. Yeah. But the thing is, we can either behave in a way that forces him to choose not to, or we can continue to make good choices and allow him to look at us as good people. Yeah. It uh, would be weird, but I think I would agree with the position that like, I could see the argument standpoint where you could say man of steel is a movie about veganism. <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> film you're gonna have to elaborate this one it's just the idea that like whether or not you have the ability to control do you have the right to control <laughs> so it's like you know zod wants to eradicate and like use right. all the resources available and then it's like well who are we to judge all life on this planet you know like we have the right but so there is a like, middle ground right <laughs> i mean yeah i mean there is but i'm just saying like i'm not saying i'm arguing it I'm just saying if someone was like, hey, this is what I believe. And I'm like, you know, I'm not going to call you crazy. Remember, think about it. If, if, Zod, if Zod doesn't, if Zod never shows up in the world where Zod never shows up, Superman learns who he is. He eventually learns that he has the codex built inside him. There's that whole embryonic chamber in that ship that's been there for 25,000 years or whatever. He spins them back up. He spins them back up and starts breeding his own people <laughs> breeding himself yeah yeah breeding himself into these uh egg sacs uh thus populating earth with a ton of kryptonians but he still has the motivation of living amongst humans i feel like there's potential now maybe some of those will be bad eggs, yeah, yeah how many but... of them become general zods and you know right. what I mean? But I mean, it was that hard to stop. The question, though, is like, I do wonder if he would be able to use the codex from a purely genomic. Well, I guess that's the thing is that so much of our personality is genetic, right? As much as we don't want to talk about it, but like, 
uh, th there are uh, personality traits that are genetic from our parents. Um, and so like, <laughs> would they all just be somewhat Superman or somewhat some dead Kryptonian? And then is Zod sequence in there? Is there a surrogate Zod child? <laughs> like, um, like, like a bunch of weird concepts, but, but at the same time, they have Superman to raise them. Um, and sure, he probably wouldn't be an expert and would have to consult a ton of help. But maybe he starts slowly. He starts with just one. Mm -hmm. um, and then as more and more, uh, he ramps up to several. And may maybe he only does a couple and then just has them proceed naturally from then on. And that's just a backup plan if that doesn't work out uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> to open the other ones. Uh, yeah. But I think there is, without the actions of Zod in this, I think there is the potential for that middle ground for a large Kryptonian presence. But instead, Zod shows up, and the only Kryptonian presence we get is Superman from here on out. At least yeah. until, well, nothing, because they're probably not going back to this Superman again. But, <laughs> but until the idea of Superboy and stuff like that, yeah um but yeah it's really interesting um i remember watching this movie in theaters with my dad we went to an actual midnight showing mm -hmm. um i think he took me on one of his business trips and he, it was it wasn't that far away from home but i think he had one meeting one day and one meeting the next day mm -hmm. um so we stayed at a hotel and this theater was like oh miles walk from the the hotel so we just walked over saw man of steel and i gotta tell you at midnight that action sequence felt like an hour <laughs> i was just like and this is so long it was cool to see it in theaters it's a cool movie yeah um there's no other movie out there that you get to see a guy like superman a guy like zod just wailing at each other through buildings yeah um but man does metropolis get destroyed uh, yeah <laughs> it is wiped out not a single human died right no a ton of people died and they address some of that in batman v superman yeah uh that's kind of the whole jumping off point for batman v superman uh the other thing huge nitpick huge nitpick and i demand an answer superman's father jor-el is a scientist that was that's what he was bred to do is he was bred to be a scientist to find a way to to help Krypton progress through science, mm -hmm. um, and his scientific conclusion is that Krypton needs more creative people. That was <laughs> that was his solution. Um, that being said, yeah. Zod and all of his people bred for war. They're bred to be soldiers, bred to protect Krypton. Why is it that Jor El is able to beat up two of Zod's men? Are even scientists born to? learn to fight like yeah it's like well you gotta think like it's like if they're I, it's a thousand so say say they're like being kryptonian is like a thousand percent physically and like ability wise better than being a human right and then being a like m m like a military born you know bred person right. is like a thousand and five percent well, to each other, that 5% hmm. is a crazy amount. 
but relative to humans, it's like, eh, they're all really strong compared but that's to my us. Point is, but that's my point is to each other, right? It's a small amount, but Jor-El defeats two of Zod's men. Who's Jor-El again? Uh, Russell Crowe's character, Kal-El's like Kryptonian father. The guy who puts him in the pod. He... But he there's a scene. Two of them? How does yeah, he there's do? there's a scene where two of them are coming up to him, and he defeats them. When? When was that? I I could have sworn this happens. Maybe I just made it up. <laughs> it was a nice hypothetical, if that's the case. But well, um, he is fighting for his son, which is an emotional motivator. For so. sure. For sure. And maybe he had he had this planned for so long, and he's like, okay, but because he's he's the the sign of rational thinking, he goes. But of course, there will be people there to stop me. I need to get swole. I need to get swole yeah. right back to protect this mission. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's an interesting movie. Uh, what, I would say uh, it's a solid five out of ten. That's kind of where it used to be on it. It's a little bit higher. Um, I think the soundtrack's phenomenal. Uh, it's a little bleak, a little depressing, but that's the story that they chose to tell and it's nonetheless powerful. Mm -hmm. um, I do not think I will watch this again for a while. Not a choice. Movie. I mean, I, I don't watch this one very often, um, but uh, yeah, Batman V Superman is next. Uh, and I think what had me excited, I think on HBO max, they had the ultimate edition. So a lot of people didn't necessarily like the theatrical cut. Um, I myself wasn't incredibly fond of the theatrical cut. I saw the Ultimate Edition. It's much better. <laughs> as long as the Ultimate Edition it's is not longer. equivalent. Well, as long as it's not equivalent to like the Lord of the Rings. Nah. Uh, well, it, no. I mean, nothing. I don't think anything is equivalent to Lord of the Rings, especially because it's like the Lord of the Rings are such like technical masterpieces, and then there's also just another hour per film of technical masterpiece kind of thing. <laughs> like, whereas awesome. Batman V Superman, the original cut kind of feels a bit unfinished. And then yeah. with the e extra scenes in there, it's like, Oh, now certain things actually make sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, it's more like it's just a more complete film. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion. And it further sets up justice league. I think. Whereas the original Batman v Superman didn't do like anything for Justice League. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But, well, yeah, so I will say I'm not too excited since <laughs> you did rank Man of Steel higher than the other two. Hey, but, but that's why we're doing it. Yeah, yeah. We got to get Just through. wait till we watch Suicide Squad. Oh, no. That's a ways out, but uh, yeah. like at least five months. Don't quote yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, this is the part of the show where I take a break and remind you all to rate, review, subscribe, wherever you're listening to us on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or the like. Also click that follow button on twitch.tv slash unanimous indecision, uh, help grow our numbers, pass on word of mouth, uh, where we are to friends, family, anyone who's interested in movies and you think would enjoy joining the conversation, uh, Otherwise, our show is in two parts. We talk about a movie review. We talk about last week's movie news. There's a lot of movie news. Some of these we're probably not going to be able to talk in too great a detail because there's so much. 
but Taylor, I'm going to pass this off to you. What's our first movie news story? Well, our first movie news story is not a movie. And uh, it, <laughs> it is a, so news has been mm-hmm. given that Netflix, not Netflix, Nintendo. It is Netflix. It is Netflix. Well, Nintendo yeah. is canceling uh, their speculated slash leaked um, Netflix series for Zelda. And uh, this one's interesting because from what I understand, they were in the talks slash development or, you know, maybe entertaining the idea of doing a uh, live action Legends of Zelda series on Netflix. Um, and it was leaked or, you know, rumored and supposedly leaked because a leak implies there's like right. some validity to it. Uh, and it um, seems like they've pulled the plug on almost what all of it. So they've said, we're not doing Zelda. We're not doing Star Fox. We're not doing anything. And uh, honestly, I wonder if they had some form of like, like it makes me wonder, like Nintendo is very secretive. Like they they hide a lot of stuff. They're kind of like Apple and um, in that regard. And it makes me wonder, like how, wonder if they like, purposely like dropped hints just to see like customer reaction and uh, i don't know i honestly i didn't hear too much about the leak so i wonder if like it wasn't received well um and this is all conspiracy talk but it does bring up the question of nintendo's ip so nintendo has always been about a personal experience with a video game right a movie is is very different than that. A, a movie is a whole lot about like indirect relationships w- to the viewer, like it's metaphors right. and it's analogies. But uh, it, it, like when I imagine Super Mario, I remember all the things I did with that character. I remember all the adventures I went on and uh, the worlds that they created were just mediums for me to play as this character and do these things. And uh, movies are just vastly different than that. Like translate, because like imagine you have a vision of what uh, Link is to you. Legend of Zelda series, what Link is to you, what you play him as. Maybe you play as a pacifist. Maybe you feel bad (laughs) about going in homes and crushing all the pots up and stealing. Maybe you're like, I'll only take the pots that are outside. Or to (laughs) you, you, uh, conversely, you're breaking all those pots. Maybe Link is a robber to you, you know? like Yeah, yeah. So any kind of movie or show um, that takes these characters is now going to canonize character behavior. I gotta say, I think you hit it right on the head. The number one problem with video game movies in general. (laughs) They, yeah, they canonize things that we don't... It's so hard to capture our expectation yeah and it's so different for everyone right like honestly movies that are based on games unless the game is extremely like like defined where it's basically like a a visual novel in a way um like mass effect uh i hear is that kind of that well mass effect's thing is that it's a choose your own adventure like there's a lot of outcomes but like uh but if they told I don't know, one like, a, 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 yeah. like it's like 
it's really weird because like IP is so interesting in the way that like it's presented to us. So it's like uh, Star Wars, you know, like right now we could get a Star Wars MMO and people would, you know, people would definitely go after it. Like people have been playing that other one for a while now. People are still um, playing it, yeah. But that's because we're given a universe and then we don't play as those characters. Like you don't mm -hmm. go into MMO and it's like, I'm going to play a Star Vader. Like, like that's right. a character in this universe, but like, no, you you're have just... thousands of people playing as dark. Yeah. Vader. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it means nothing at that point. You can't like, so like if you create a world of all these characters and you never define any kind of narrative other than like these loose relationships and like, you know, these catcha phrases or not catcha, uh, what do you call them? Just catchy catch phrases. Yeah. Catch phrases. Uh, you know, like how do you, how do you build a narrative around that? And then what kind of narrative do you build around it? What kind of personalities do you give them? And I think it's just like such a dangerous thing to do. Like it's, it, it doesn't seem that valuable as like a, a fan service because <laughs> I don't know if any people that played legend of Zelda are like, Oh yeah. Don't don't spend time making a more in depth game or like more expansive world. Make a movie for us. You know? <laughs> like it's like like how many people are saying that? Um, so it's, it it does kind of stink because movie people get to explore other avenues like video games, but video game people, especially with this kind of IP, it's like you kind of rope you you you've set up those fences and they're golden fences, but like, you can't really get over them. Like yeah, it's much harder to go the other way. Yeah. So uh, honestly, I think this is a good thing. Like I'm, <laughs> I don't think any, it, I think there's a less than 3% chance I would have liked these, these series and been I think like, wow. Big thing. Cause I, I'm probably with you. I mean, if they're good, then sure. But, uh, I think it's just crazy that, because uh, I don't think you or I even heard about that it did leak. Yeah, I didn't. So it leaked to such a small percentage of the internet, so much so that you and I never heard about it. Now that doesn't necessarily, maybe tons of other people heard about it. Yeah. But it leaked, and then just because it, the existence of it is aware to the public, Nintendo pulls the plug. That's so interesting to me. Um, and then the Star Fox thing that they also canceled, I vaguely remember them talking about. It's so weird that... Although may maybe they never did talk about it, but I, I could have sworn I heard something about Star Fox in development. Mm -hmm. uh, but if they canceled the leak of Zelda, it, I doubt there was a leak of Star Fox then. Um, it does make you wonder, though, were they building up to some sort of like shared universe of the their like... To talk I mean, their shared universe is Smash about Bros. a game that like <laughs> shares its universe is like Super Smash Bros. Now, granted, that's the interesting thing about it, is that like the Super Smash Bros. universe isn't even all Nintendo's universe. It's Sega, Minecraft. Like, like, yeah, there's so many other games that they just don't have the rights to. Totally. Mm -hmm. Um, that, but I mean, they still have plenty of characters amongst themselves to do something really cool with, but. It's either not happening right now or just not happening with Netflix. Or they're lying mm -hmm. about this too. That could be. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely a thing I talk about it a lot that I think a lot of the news we get isn't even necessarily news. A lot of it's rumor. 
and mm-hmm. it is sometimes rumors leaked by the studios itself or by the actors themselves um, to try and uh, gain better bargaining chips in the contract negotiations. Yeah. Um, kind of thing. Um, however, this one seems to be concluded. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's interesting because it's kind of like, um, it makes me think about like before comics had like a huge appearance in, you know, these box office releases, like massive box off. What releases. do you mean? Comics? Like big, so, I mean, superhero movies, oh, like, or, or like yeah. Spider-Man movies, like before you were talking about like, Adam Sandler. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm talking about like, like okay. the perspective. So like before the MCU even started, like right. how like the perspective of like just talking about an MCU is like fantasy talk. And like, pe- sure. I, I imagine they, they tons- tried. there were attempts. Uh, I mean, like, I think the incredible Hulk TV show that was in the seventies. I want to say that's the year. Uh, Thor shows up. That was supposed to be a, a launching episode for a Thor TV show. Mm-hmm. It didn't work. <laughs> mm-hmm. There were attempts. Uh, the animated series did a pretty okay job. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even still, yeah, it, it's nothing compared to what we have now. Yeah. And it makes me wonder, like, were people afraid of live action like creations i mean they're the 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 batman series with uh adam west Mm -hmm. was like such an iconic like tv show (laughs) um so i don't think comic book people would have been afraid of being on the big screen but like we were talking about you know video games is a lot different it's not like you know reading a book it's not book like book adaptations uh, or movie adaptations of books are widely accepted. Like right. tons of people love them. Some of them are crap shoots where it's like, oh, this you gotta read the book. Like the movie was trash, and it's right. like what well, you hear that all the time. Um, and I th- honestly, I mean, we see it in the superhero stuff too. Like people all the time are like, this is such a terrible take on the live action version of blah blah blah. Like, yeah. Um. But man, yeah, video games, it's way harder because it's not your story. It's it, like everyone has their own story. So you can't just like take the story and put it on screen because what story do you pick? Yeah. Uh, so long story short, I think the Zelda fans did not lose out. <laughs> I don't think they're missing <laughs> yeah. out on this. I think uh, yeah. if Nintendo pulls the plug, I mean, they did pull the plug, supposedly. You know, that's what they say. Uh you know, that's resources somewhere else. That's resources into something, hopefully, uh, that is more in line with what the fans enjoy, which is, uh, you know, interactive storytelling, right. games, games, whether they're extremely extremely linear or not. Um, but, yeah, uh, we'll see what comes. Hopefully, uh, you know, we get more news about what they're planning on doing, hopefully with those resources going somewhere else. Um and uh, but yeah, uh, moving on to our next story though, uh, we got a Sonic the Hedgehog sequel uh, coming up, and we got the name for it, uh, and it's uh, gonna be called Sonic the Hedgehog Two. Wow, genius! Someone give that man Beautiful. a raise. <laughs> but apparently, 
Um, it has the so the logo for it is uh, Tails inspired. Right. So the two looks like Tails. Right. So we might see Tails. Or well, we I mean, saw we, it, we saw tails. him at the end of Sonic yeah. when remember he was the end credit scene. Yeah, that's true. Um, crazy so, enough. Uh, so I, I think both you and I were pretty fond of that movie, other than the fact that it's a giant Olive Garden commercial. But <laughs> very weird. Um, uh, yeah, it was a decent movie. Okay. I mean, I liked the characters. Uh, Sonic was very entertaining, honestly, <laughs> right. which is funny because Sonic is a like Hi, Sonic Jack. comes from an era where the games were more about performance than it was about story adventure. Right. There's no, <laughs> yeah, it's very minimal story in the initial Sonic games. It's yeah, all about so, you're racing a clock kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, so I think it is. I think that's valuable. I think it's almost like the right, poison you can create that they the suffered story. from. Yeah. yeah, they were able to tell a story. That's a good point. Happened. I'm very curious to see how. Uh, what's that movie they're making? A uh, solid snake movie. That that we we were talking about that a couple months ago, uh, mm-hmm. since that those games are so story driven. Yeah, those you'll will be play, fine. You'll I, play those for the stories. Uh, I'm very curious to see. If, or the Assassin's Creed, right? Like Assassin's Creed as well. Yeah, but people don't like those movies, right? I think or they can. Maybe be there's okay. only one movie. I think there's only one Assassin's Creed movie. Now that I think about it, and yeah. people for the most part weren't very fond of it, despite the trailer looking really cool. Mm-hmm. I gotta watch that. I'd uh, like to see what it's about. Yeah, I, I want to see it too because as an actor, I'm big fan of Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Um, um, release date though for Son- Sonic the Hedgehog two is uh, April eighth, twenty twenty two. So next spring. Uh, which put that sounds on the calendar. sounds pretty soon, but I mean, I guess they had all of COVID to write a script, kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if there will be well, there's definitely gonna be increase for movie releases due to the postponing of so many different films. Uh so many films. So there's gonna be just an influx for competition of box office or yeah. uh showing time space. Unless we move off our current trajectory, mm-hmm. which I think is a positive trajectory. I yeah. think April 2022 is probably the tail end of that impact. Um, so far, yeah. the movements we've been talking about, we just recently got, I think, two movements in the January and February 22. Yeah. Um, so un- only... unless we move off and see a whole new wave of movies shift, uh, I think it'll be unimpacted. Yeah. yeah, it's happened time and time again, so we'll only know right. when it doesn't happen. So, uh, yeah. Hey, uh, Boulder Doobies. Boulder uh, Doobies is saying Assassin's Creed was a good movie. I mean, I guess we will have to check it out. It was a movie that I definitely wanted to watch um, and just never got around to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I played I played the first two, and I did not pick up any of the later ones. And I know that's just because I haven't played a lot of big... Wasn't there like, something like... There were a couple that weren't too good or something... But then uh, yeah, someone I, said, like, the most recent one's pretty okay. Yeah. Um, if you played the games, it'll be fun for you. I didn't okay. play the games, so I guess we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I think if you understand the general premise right, of, like, which, the, yeah. I think, I don't know if the movie plays off that, but um, I hope they, I hope the movie does. It's an because, interesting concept for sure, the whole yeah. ancestral stuff about it. Yeah. 
Um, next story is that uh, Michelle Rodriguez and Justice Smith are going to join Chris Pine in the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Now, this is a movie I know nothing about. I have no idea what all you we know, know about it is those three bullet points, the cast members. Wow. That is, I, we might know a director. I don't remember, but that is, it doesn't say the director here. We probably don't know. Oh, it's the director of game night, right? Directors of game night, which that was a good movie. I really liked game night. Okay. I, um, I don't like, I don't like, comedies all that much but that was a great rom-com i wonder okay did you ever watch the show and it was it was behind some solid paywalls um <laughs> so then but it was not. called harman quest and it's from oh, Dan right, Harman. yes i watched maybe season one okay so i haven't season. watched the latest season but I, I i watched into season two if that show was more accessible i would watch that show but they're on sure. like some, you know, third part. Like I mean, some it's pretty crazy. high quality, right? I mean, like everything's animated. Like that's what's so cool about it. Like the idea that like they're telling a story, and like it's animated as if it's being told in that moment. And and I loved that. I loved having these people constantly breaking fourth wall and like talking about decisions. And it's like, and then we get the like the actual like um, animation of all of it. And I wonder like. But you got to remember that that's whatever they're on, what, like season four now or something like season that? Season three or four, yeah. Three or four. And each one has like a dozen episodes or two dozen episodes, however many it is. I think it's less than that because every okay. every time they bring in a guest star. So it's like someone's okay. taking like the fifth or fourth so, spot. But, but even still, if there's 10 episodes a season, there's three seasons. Like it is great as a TV show. Don't get me wrong. And it's great as this animated hybrid thing where they sometimes pop out of it. Uh, I, I do think what they're doing really does fit the, the D and D aspect, the D and D aspect. It fully captures it. However, this is a one shot. Uh, that we're If someone the wants to make a two hour defined story. Yeah. Uh, you got a little bit different constraints there. Um, maybe it can't be done. They tried 20 years ago and it became this hot mess. I, from think, what I, heard. Um, I think if they do, and that's why I brought up Harmon Quest, I think the Harmon Quest model could be translated with like a decent enough budget. I think we could get a decent movie out of it of, you know, people gathering around, starting off the movie with an opening pan of like, you know, everyone's here yeah to start this guy's campaign and it's a one shot and maybe like there's a, a person who's never played before and then there's a person who's like a veteran and then there's right. a person who's like maybe there's conflict at the table outside of the oh, D &D world the, the real people have conflict <laughs> yeah yeah like literally like one of, maybe one of the characters has like you know they're in, they've been you know in an argument with this person for a while about something in the real world. And that's translated like cheesy. I feel like, the I mean, it is cheesy, but what I'm saying is like, that's how I view this movie coming into <laughs> reality. Like I, that's like, I feel like that's, that's like all the bullet points where these writers are going like, to go like, this is how we get me yelling at you for not doing your dishes. And then the next day we have to play D and D at the same table. Yeah. <laughs> And we have to work together in Dungeons and Dragons to defeat an ancient bronze dragon. <laughs> like, yeah, like <laughs> that's so corny. I, I mean, know. it is, but I, it's a movie about uh, 
some would call a corny game. Right, like, but you hope that they put a little bit more effort into like a little bit of whether they go the Arthurian route with it or not. But because I mean, Dungeons and Dragons is very Arthurian inspired. But yeah. Oh, I'm talking like definitely cutaway scenes the same way Harmon Quest has, where it's like, yeah. you know, full on, like these characters I, I think are part of their be, characters. Yeah, there, there could be a level of cutaways that are fun, but I think giving like quote unquote real life scripted drama would only come off as like weird. I, I think um, they're going to be constantly hopping, hopping back and forth between the table and their, you know, their reality or whatever it would be actually it would be so funny if they combined them where like that's how karma quest does it a lot where they animate the dungeon master as just being like this bystander yeah and like it would be so funny if like they run up on like conflict and like there's like this big you know um barbarian character or whatever and uh they're facing an enemy and then like the barbarian char character just has to roll dice on the ground of like this volcanic <laughs> landscape and it's like where oh, those dice man. come from like <laughs> right <laughs> but, but it, to, did you pick up your dice like, yeah yeah it's like walking? merging them in some way and so yeah, i think yeah. whatever they do hopefully it's you know creative i think the more creative route they go and like really doing justice to maybe the humor of Dungeons and Dragons. Cause like, that's another thing people like, I think humor is like such an, I don't know if it's underrated, but like, I think that was the most fun part about when I played was like, you know, yeah. you had these campaigns, but like there were the little moments that were like, maybe funny just because of the scenario or it was. Yeah. And I just don't know if those moments translate well to a movie format uh it works well in yeah. harmon quest because we get those funny moments in full context yeah and it's comedians it would be hard to like, give full context yeah. to every joke um yeah. or it would be weird for like a character to like like this happens while playing DD a person breaks character quote unquote to just mm -hmm. make fun of a situation that is like wait you're going you just negotiated for a price to be decreased and then you robbed him afterwards <laughs> like, yeah um, yeah like um, calling so much meta attention i feel like could be to its detriment maybe it'll work i like boulder doobie's suggestion about a jumanji style i do think that would work um maybe it doesn't have to be so on the nose but this kind of goes into what you're talking about some hybrid format where it opens with everyone gathering around the table and then we enter yeah. this fantasy world. But they had a HUD too, right? In one of the Jumanji movies. Like they had like mm -hmm. a pop-up display of yeah. like all their like, And it could be like their character sheet. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like there's that famous know. scene from one of the trailers where it's like, what's what right. like the rock stairs are allergic called. to something and then the smolder. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the smoldering stuff. glare or something. Like that was such a yeah, that's true. Uh, that could work, but uh, I'm, I gotta tell you, I'm getting more excited about the cast, though. Uh, mm -hmm. I was excited with Chris Pine. They now got Fast and Furious's Michelle Rodriguez, and the we were talking about bad video game movies. Well, one good video game movie that exists out there very recently, Detective Pikachu. I enjoyed this movie quite a bit. Um, I think the logic in it is a little weird, but <laughs> it's very enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Justice Smith, the lead actor of that movie, um, joining the cast as well. So I got to tell you, a strong cast, strong directors. What more can you get excited about other than a strong story, which we won't find out until we see the movie? <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, we will see. Uh, in other news, in our next story, uh, we have that um, the wonderful Wizard of Oz is getting a remake and hopefully with a decent budget because I think, uh, you know, this has been a cinema favorite for a long time. I feel like everyone has at least watched it or seen parts of it once or at least knows, you know, general snapshots from it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the most famous and memorable version is the 1939 uh version with a you know starts out in black and white and then it turns to color um and i mean part of me is like i'm almost sad that like the 1939 might not be the standard you know at this point because it's like you know we have there's a lot of money on writing to make this good so i i almost wonder like you know, how will the people who grew up with the old version react to the new version? Because here's the thing. I grew up with the original Char Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Like, I loved that that movie. And I thought the second one was great as well. Like, I, I love them independently from each other. So I wonder how, if the Wizard of Oz will do that as well. Um, and when it comes to the Wizard of Oz... I think it's definitely a franchise that's like, I wonder, actually, here's a question. <laughs> is The Wizard of Oz getting a remake because it's now freedom from, or it has freedom it's from copyright? domain for a little bit. Okay. Um, like, like, it's not like super recent that it's become public domain. Mm -hmm. um, but there are, um, but let, let me put it to you this way. Let me ask you two questions. Mm-hmm. They made a sequel to this movie. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. They made a prequel to this movie. Yeah. Did that diminish the original at all, regardless of... I haven't seen the sequel. I heard the sequel is actually quite good. Um, the prequel is just okay. I mean, I don't think it's anything special one way or another. It's okay. Mm -hmm. James Franco's in it. Um, he's certainly trying in it <laughs> wait wait that's how recent the prequel was yeah it was oz the great and powerful that was the prequel oh um it was about the wizard um and oh, kind okay. of how he got to oz in the first place okay um but uh yeah there so there's a pre there's been a sequel there's been a prequel but e but either way i don't i don't think they've they've barely diminished and even barely added to the original <laughs> because like the original is so iconic um and i think the only way whatever this remake is would replace the wizard of oz 1939 as the standard is if it is really good yeah. if it's not really good it's not going to replace it <laughs> um and i don't know I, I don't necessarily think one way or another other than I almost feel like it's like six years too late. Um, mm -hmm. I was thinking about this earlier that like, <laughs> not to say that like, oh, they should have made this six years ago, but uh, in the same way that to me, Fast and Furious, uh, which I believe, let me double check this while I'm, while I'm speaking. Yeah, Fast and Furious came out in 2001. The Fast and the Furious came out in 2001, the first one. It very much feels like a byproduct of the 90s. It falls into those 90s action movies, despite coming out in the 2000s. 
So mm-hmm. I previously said that this past decade, the the teens, the tens, uh, the 2010s, uh, was the decade of re- remakes and reboots. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like the 2020s are is the decade of sequels, and there yeah. there's they're they're not hard lines. There there's crossover, but to me though, the this news of the Wizard of Oz remake feels like it's like one year too late, right? <laughs> like we're we're already in this next decade, and you're still focused on remakes and reboots. Yeah, um, and but... honestly, this could be a grab at maybe starting a continued franchise of i i think a lot of people are trying that now and it's a cool world for them to try i'm sure there's a lot of definitely regions of the land of oz yeah like think about like the whole like alice in wonderland right like they they made that i think they made a couple right maybe yeah with the the johnny depp ones there there's two i think yeah so there's not a third is there I think like as creative that world is, it's almost like, I don't know. It's, it's pretty trippy, I guess you could say, but like, <laughs> but I think like the IP for, um, I mean, Wizard is of every Oz. movie, just some different human getting trapped in Oz. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, like, like the lesson Dorothy needed to learn is like to appreciate her family. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or I think and it- just her lifestyle in general, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and I think, like, I, I think The Wizard of Oz or, like, The Land of Oz has a strong, like, it's a very strong IP. And the fact that it's open to everyone to, uh, you know, work with now, I'd like to wonder, will, like, this studio who that's doing this remake, it's almost like almost a gamble because anyone can make any of these movies. So I wonder what they're going to dabble in and maybe twist to kind of have control of a certain sector of it. Because right. you got to, you got to make such an impact that anyone else's use of the public domain is lesser. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder like if they're going to go for a grab at this, like they better go deep and make like, well, here, fan- here. You know, or it could just be an artistic thing where it's like this person got funding because they really, really want to work with. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, here's one thing that they've got. So this is by New Line Cinema um, mm-hmm. is doing this. Do you know who owns New Line Cinema? It's Warner Brothers. Okay. Um, do you know who made the first Wizard of Oz? It's Warner Brothers. Uh, <laughs> okay. So uh, the 1939 movie, it's still somewhat under uh, a little bit of the same head. Mm-hmm. Uh, for this remake, uh, but what's uh, I was reading about something that so the ruby red slippers are not in the original book. I mm-hmm. believe they're silver slippers or maybe gray. Yeah, so it, no other IP usage of uh, the Wizard of Oz, the wiz- the the World of Oz. Mm-hmm. No other IP usage of that. Um, I guess it's not technically called IP anymore since it's public domain, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no other one can use ruby red slippers. But I mean, if they, cinema can. If right? they have it protected, though, like I'm sure, like if someone made Oz and made red slippers, like it would be a push for them to be like, it's you know. Yeah, it's, but it's like, would you want to enter that yeah. legal <laughs> legal debacle? And, and I wonder, like you know, the artistic choice for the ruby red slippers. 
I imagine it was a choice just because of the new color technology at the time. Like silver seems you like imagine a that as a big big influence. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, oh, we're really going to choose something that's gray, right? When right. we get color, like <laughs> we yeah. move away from black and white and then give her gray slippers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. So, um, but yeah, yeah it, it might not like, be as necessary anymore. Yeah, the the quote from the guy who's going to be directing it says, I am incredibly honored to join Temple Hill and New Line in bringing this beloved classic to the screen. While the 1939 musical is a part of my DNA, I am exhilarated and humbled by the responsibility of reimagining such a legendary tale. The opportunity to examine the original themes, the quest for courage, love, wisdom, and home feels more timely and urgent than ever. And these are profoundly iconic shoes to fill. And I'm eager to dance alongside these heroes as of my childhood as we pave a newly minted yellow brick road. And I think honestly, that is such a, I don't know if he said this or wrote this. This is uh, Nicole Castle. This this is, this is a female director. Uh, Oh, she, (laughs) yeah. I don't uh, know if she said this or wrote this in, but if she wrote it in, well, honestly, in both cases, if she wrote it in or said this. Well-spoken, well-written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Very, very well uh, uh, said. And I think uh, if if the movie's anything like that statement, I think it's going to be really good. Just from how she's responded Um, and like talks about it. So, And I like uh, a project she recently came off of, which is uh, she directed uh watchman uh, oh, the, geez, series, yeah. the tv series um okay. which i thought that was a wonderful and honestly i think watchman was a super respectful sequel series um mm-hmm. and it was respectful in the best possible way because a lot of the complaints about Zack snyder's watchman movie is it wasn't so faithful to the comic book story like you were saying <laughs> earlier mm-hmm. it wasn't so faithful to the comic book story that was a lot of the complaints about it Mm-hmm. But this sequel series was simultaneously a sequel to the movie and to the comic book series. Yeah. It took elements from both and made a cohesive narrative. Um, so I think uh, she's a pretty good person to throw in charge of this. Um, but yeah, I mean, better to have a good movie than a bad movie, as always. Yeah, definitely. Um so next on our list, after uh, the, you know, uh, Wizard of Oz, is that uh, Disney. Disney's uh, getting all their bad news out in anticipation for these earnings, I guess. Uh, <laughs> you know, trying to leverage it <laughs> against those. I actually those. think this is good news. Um, but yeah, I think so too, actually. Uh, they are uh, Not shutting down. Certain people employed, but. Yeah. Well, and that's another question. Are the are the members going to be relocated? Or? I, I hope they keep a certain number of them on board. So so go ahead and say what this news is. Um, uh, it's so Blue Sky Studios, the studio responsible for uh, the Ice Age franchise, um, is closed. They're 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 just closing doors on it. Um, and it says the last day for them will be in April, and a number of the employees being impacted. Uh, is 450 wow. and apparently Disney is working with the employees at Greenwich uh, at the well at the studio to explore open positions in other s- internal studios. So I I hope a substantial number of those people get relocated because I mean let's be honest the Ice Age animation you know those are iconic movies at least to our childhood um, yeah like like the first Ice Age uh, yeah. compared to like Monsters Inc like. Yeah, the landscapes 
are a lot easier to do from what I understand. It's outdoors. I, I hear outdoor stuff is, is pretty, uh, yeah. Well, I forget what it was. It was like outdoor stuff was easy to emulate. Um, whereas like early animation, uh, indoors was kind of like, you had to like have an artistic approach cause you couldn't really do high quality stuff. Um, so I guess it's kind of similar, but anyways, the hair, like doing hair during, um, there's a lot of hair in Ice Age. <laughs> well, well, when you watch Ice Age one, like the hair is like not hair; it's it's right. clumps of like blocks, and and we accept it because it's like you know it's just an art style. But uh, yeah, I mean right. in the later ones, the hair is like very much as good as Sully's. So I imagine there was some sharing of like technique and stuff between the studios, um, you know, Pixar because Pixar was one of the uh, like. There's the story about how like Monsters Inc. was on the storyboard for so long because they literally couldn't figure out how to do Sully's hair. Right. <laughs> they were like, we can't animate this. It's way too much resources to animate this for a full feature length film. I'm surprised they didn't pivot because like, although I well, guess they, they did toy story, like toy story. Was, uh, right, right. No, uh, I mean like just within the, uh, uh, monsters Inc movie, like just oh, like remove his hair. He's like the only character with a large amount of hair. Well, I mean, if you I mean, can I only afford idea, one. <laughs> I guess the idea is that, I mean, also the Yeti, but the idea is that, like, you want the the monster that the kid is constantly hugging to be, like, warm and furry. Yeah, and yeah. He's like, like a, a dog. Yeah. <laughs> it's an animal. It's a pet. Um, yeah. The, uh, not, I typed in, I typed in Yeti Ice Age 1, but I meant to type in Yeti monsters ink because i don't know if his hair is animated i think it's more clumpy like cotton which i think is i imagine i mean i mean it was also white on a white background like right so (laughs) yeah that's Uh, true um but yeah i mean i gotta imagine at least one person's keeping their job because didn't we talk about that a disney a disney investor day that they're making another ice age product I, I want to say we talked about that, and so was it a show or was it a? Might have been a show. No, it was a spinoff movie, right? To follow Simon Pegg's character that's in this picture on the news article. Um, I forget his name. Spike. Spike. No. Uh, something like that. Um, but uh, maybe to, to follow the possum characters. Yeah. Um, so, if if they are still developing that. At least someone's keeping their job. That being said, I see that they discontinued production on Nimona. Nimona? Mm-hmm. Is that how you say that? I don't know. Um, that was supposed to come out in early 2022. Um, so I guess, yeah, they're cutting some people, keeping some people. This was also the studio responsible for Spies in Disguise that we reviewed almost like a year ago. Exactly, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. Hey. I, I, yeah, I really wonder, um, you it know, it makes sense. I mean, Disney's got two animation arms already. They've got Disney animation. They've got Pixar. Yeah. Do they really need a third one? I match from uh, what I understand. I imagine like if I had to guess, they probably looked at Pixar and they probably looked at, uh, DreamWorks is not. No. Disney. It's just called Disney animation. So they looked at blue skies and they looked at, or blue sky and they looked at Pixar and they were like, okay, 
within these departments, who is pushing the ground of like next tier animation level? Like who is constantly pushing the standard? Because if one of them is doing that, we might as well just take these employees and give them access to resources that Pixar has already developed. Because otherwise we're gonna have redundancy in right. work being done. Basically, if Blue Sky has to push their you know, standard of animation to meet Pixar's constantly, then might as well merge them. And honestly, like shutting the door on them might be, you know, a way that they can clean house of like, you know, maybe some people that should have already retired in animation and they're not really working to keep standards high. And then, cause it is only 450 people, 450 people. That is not a lot of people to constantly be like, right. you know, you don't shave house constantly with those people. You have big <laughs> events like closing the department. Um, so I imagine yeah. it was probably one of those things where it was like, hey, y'all have done some great stuff, but it's time for us to, you know, take the good ones from here and merge them into Pixar. And it just expand Pixar's, you know, ability. Because, uh, I mean, yeah, that's why. Yeah, I, I think that's you're why right. That's Disney probably, bought them, so. probably what's happening. Um, yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm not too sad about it. I mean, I love the Ice Age series, but yeah, like. I mean, the, the last few sequels are kind of just okay. Like, they're not bad, but yeah. they're not as inspiring as the first two were. Yeah. Uh, apparently, they did. Um, they did uh, Horton Hears a Who in that was a good movie. Yeah. I really liked that. They did Robots, which was, I thought, Oh, really man. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that movie is, like, absolutely terrible. But, man, was that, like, just my childhood. I know. I know. That's how I remember Like, I too. think everyone in our generation remembers, like, so many shots from that movie. Yeah. Uh, it was a weird one. Um, yeah, it was I'm a weird I'm pretty one. sure it's, like, a really bad movie. I haven't gone back to look at it. From I for some reason I combine robots and then the the live action no 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 it's a it's about time travel he goes into the future and meets oh himself. meet the Robinsons yes for some reason I well I feel like they came out around the same time maybe maybe that's what it is um, uh, otherwise they have nothing to do with each other <laughs> yeah looking up meet the Robinsons was oh seven. And uh, robots was 05. So a little close, not really. <laughs> but I remember, yeah, Meet the Robinsons yeah. was has a 90% approval rating on Google users, but 6.8 on IMDb. The and then uh, great movie. Robots 05 was uh, similar. Actually, it was similarly rated to Meet the Robinsons. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe yeah. I'm remembering a completely different other movie that is actually terrible. Uh, Ewan McGregor plays the main character wow how subtle for me to like that movie <laughs> speaking of Ewan mcgregor there's your transition yeah how about that <laughs> so uh -huh. planned everything is scripted on this show yeah uh <laughs> so next one <laughs> yeah Ewan mcgregor was in a meet the robinson's fantastic childhood movie and he's also gonna be kenobi in uh the disney plus series that is going to be coming out um and that is the news. He's he's going to be in Kenobi. Well, that's Kenobi series. Uh, <laughs> right? The, the, the main news is that uh, they're going to start filming 
which the oh, only, okay. normally we don't necessarily talk about when projects start filming, but this is huge. Do you know why? Because this was supposed to start filming over a year ago. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, and so if it actually does start filming, that'll be a good day because we're that much closer to actually seeing whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's all I, I attached it for is because this has been such a question mark um, for a lot. Yeah. Of when are they going to start? Yeah. Um, well, it's cool that they're starting. I mean, if they're filming now, then that means we'll probably see episodes late next year, maybe. Yeah. Mid to late next year could be. Yeah. And if they get really on board, maybe, maybe may, <laughs> But probably right. not. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I'm hoping for is an early spring. Early. What late. other um, what other uh, Star Wars TV shows are we getting other than this? Well, we know we're getting the 10, right, that were announced. That those are. But I mean, are any of them being delivered? Before so we know uh, we know we're getting the Book of Boba Fett this year. Okay. We know we're getting Mandalorian season three this year. Okay. Uh, we know, I don't know if we know that it's going to be this year, so it's probably next year since we don't know. Um, but the Cassian Andor show is finishing filming. Okay. I'm pretty sure they might already be done. It's close. Okay. Um, and then it's the Kenobi show. Um, at some point in the relatively near future, we're supposed to get the Ahsoka show. And the... what about the Bad Batch? When is that? Oh, the Bad Batch is this year. That's actually only in a few months now that I think about it. Oh, sick. I think, okay. I think let's double check that because I want to so say, kind of, say May like, for Bad Batch. This sounds like it's lining up to maybe be, you know, next year. We don't year, have a month for it. It just says 2021. Oh. <laughs> Well, that could be uh, now. Why isn't it now? <laughs> I'm going to assume Bad Batch will come out after Loki. When is Loki? Loki should start sometime in May, so maybe continue through June. So that puts Bad Batch maybe in July or August. Summer. That's what I'm betting. Because, yeah, that, that sounds pretty good. Because then Disney Plus is putting out something every couple weeks. We got WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, Bad Batch. At some point, we're getting Hawkeye, and maybe Miss Marvel's also this year, and then we finish out the year back with Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. Maybe I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, maybe there will be some overlap. Hopefully, I'm all for overlap. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I guess that's six shows in the next year or so for Star Wars. That is a that's a decent amount. I, mean, I wonder if we'll have uh, we'll have uh, content strangulation or whatever it's called. Um, right. Basically, so much content turns people off from yeah. watching any of it because it's like, yeah. A lot of people think that could happen, but they've been saying it could happen for the past six years with Marvel. <laughs> well, and also the thing is, too, is that TV shows are a little different in the way that movies are and this is not a positive thing so movies are very <laughs> indigestible in, because of their time lengths right tv shows are indigestible huh you said indigestible don't you mean digestible 
What, like, what does indigestible mean? Not able to digest. Aren't you trying to say that they are digestible because of their short runtime? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I misspoke. So, so movies are very digestible because of their time lengths. Because uh, you can catch up. You can, you know, every week, you know, if you want to watch a movie and you want to catch up in the Marvel universe, you can watch one of the movies. Right. TV well, shows, however, you have to now binge. Like, say at some point you're like, oh, I love Star Wars and I love all the TV shows, or I like that, you know, the idea of like mm-hmm. contributing to watching them. Now you got to invest, you know, yeah, I got to watch Bad Batch, I got to watch Kenobi, I got to watch Mandalorian, I got to watch. And, and those aren't weekend watches. Those are, you know, potentially one, two, three, four seasons. And uh, I think what's going to happen is we're just going to see performance numbers maybe separate and not separate. Like from you know, separates not the right word. Uh, divided. So like Mandalorian right now has crazy numbers. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see peak episode numbers. You know, uh, be less than Mandalorian's average. You know, watch because people might separate and go, oh, well, I'm not really a big fan of the prequel, so I'm not going to watch Bad Batch. And right, you know, I don't care about the you know, uh, what do they call it? The Skywalker, you know, yeah. timeline anymore. So I'm not going to contribute to uh, watching those shows. So you're going to see numbers dwindle, but I think you're still going to see strength in them. Like whatever strength Star Wars growth is, you're going to see those shows accumulate some, like a niche of those. And I, honestly, the strength of the Star Wars IP, like dominates or, or over Star. so many other TV shows. <laughs> Like, yeah. like having saying like twenty five percent of Star Wars fans that are willing to watch movies and shows a are going to watch a Bad Batch. That's like still a top ten show it's running at that time. Show. Like, uh, yeah, I'm definitely excited to see the numbers that Bad Batch puts up. Because um, Clone goes Wars is really popular, right? Yeah, but I think it gained even more popularity after the Mandalorian. It was a it, it was a slow burn, right? Like uh, the office was a slow burn when it was airing, like people it was people were watching it but people yeah, were not watching it. It was a the, slow burn, but like even as it got good, it lost more numbers. Just I mean, it was just the same thing that happens to all network TV. Yeah. Um but I heard a lot of people went and checked it out after the Mandalorian because Mandalorian builds off of things that were introduced in Clone Wars and yeah. and it's made by the same guy. And so I think yeah, you're right. The The numbers will ebb and flow, I think. And when we see bad projects, they're going to fall hard. Yeah. But when we yeah. see good projects, it might lift everything up. Yeah. Because you might go, oh, The Mandalorian was good. I'm going to go check out Clone Wars. Go check out Rebels. Things that have existed forever. But I just, I, I want more of that fix. Yeah. And, and some of that stuff actually exists. And so yeah, you can go check it out. So... I mean, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Here's I mean, the thing. I mean, when we were talking about Rise of Skywalker, we were like, man, Star Wars is leaving a bad taste in my mouth kind of thing. I mean, I guess you weren't part of that conversation that Ian and I had at the time, uh, but off camera, you and I had discussed several times um, yeah. that like Star Wars has left such a bad taste in my mouth. And that was even after Mandalorian season one, but you hadn't seen that. Um, yeah. But now just like you could tell the conversation has shifted now that we're a year past Rise of Skywalker and mm-hmm. we got Mandalorian season two, which was really good. Yeah. So the conversation yeah. around the whole IP has shifted to, to recency bias, I guess. Yeah. 
that regardless of what you think of the prequels, whatever you think of the sequels, the Mandalorian's good. So Star Wars is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we will. Uh... Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, uh, only time will tell how this evolves. And I mean, what comes up must what goes up must come down, you know, like every yeah, but... every franchise at every point throughout history has always, you know, you know, for the length of its existence, uh, dabbled off. And uh, usually um, that's how it happens. Um, sometimes shows cut it off, you know, at the peak, but it's hard to know if it's at the peak unless you make more content. And inevitably you're going to have a bad one. That's, uh, that's how I think about, you know, um, you know, Breaking Bad is a fantastic TV show that closes up in a way that, you know, left viewers satisfied i guess right. not like a you know cheering but you know satisfied they didn't I, I i don't see it as like a great ending i don't see it as a bad ending um yeah and then it's funny because then it's like you know some shows almost finished at the peak and could have been a great show and then uh, <laughs> uh one more season or whatever one more season just ruins it because they don't know what to do yeah and they have so many uh you know, loose ends and they don't even answer them all. And it's right. Like, yeah. Uh, oh, well. Um, but yeah, uh, I, th- I think there's a lot of money riding on it and I think they're going to try their best not for that to happen. So it's to stop it. Uh, but anyway, for our sure. next story is a uh, Marvel news, Marvel news, uh, which is Disney news. <laughs> um, uh, Blade gets a writer. So a, a new, uh, a film for uh, Blade the Vampire Slayer is uh, so Marvel Studios Blade the Vampire Slayer. I did not know this was a Marvel uh, film. Did they acquire it recently? uh, Nope. There's a Marvel character. Um, There were three movies made uh, with Wesley Snipes back in the nineties. I'm guessing Marvel pawned off the IP to. um, Yeah. I mean, kind of. So Marvel went like, licensed it actually bankrupt <laughs> more or less that's what i understand um, happened in yeah. like i want to say it was the 90s it could have been the 80s um they went like actually bankrupt but instead of filing for bankruptcy maybe they did file for bankruptcy but uh as part of their collective decision to refinance their own company mm-hmm. uh, they sold film rights for every character more to or everyone to like, everyone. It's completely spread across the board. Hulk is Universal. Spider-Man is Sony. Uh, the X-Men are Fox. Everyone owns something Marvel. <laughs> okay. Anyone who wanted it got it uh, because Marvel just needed money. Uh, over the course of years, Marvel has been trying to get him slowly back. Um, yeah. And then once they even made the Iron Man 1, they were like... Hey Universal, you want to work with us and let's make a Hulk movie? And Universal was like, "Yeah, let's make a Hulk movie." And that's where we get the Incredible Hulk, uh, and that's part of the MCU. It's technically a Universal movie. Uh, the original Iron Man is a Paramount movie, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Disney acquired uh, Marvel, Marvel Comics, mm-hmm. and then negotiated for all those characters to come back to. Uh, marvel comics thus coming into marvel studios and then when disney bought fox it brought in all those the x-men the fantastic four and whatnot yeah Uh, and so blade was a pawned off character 
uh, I don't remember who it was. Um, I guess it was uh, New Line, which we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Warner Brothers, technically. Uh, and Blade 1 is a good movie. It's a really good movie. Blade 2 and 3 are okay. They're, and it says 98 through 2004. Uh, so right on the end yeah. of like, you know. Blade, a lot of people give credit to X-Men for being the first modern superhero movie. Mm-hmm. And the only movie that ever comes into debate about whether X-Men is the first movie is Blade. Because mm-hmm. Blade was so good that people said, hey, maybe you can actually start taking superhero movies seriously. Mm-hmm. And then X-Men was like, yes, but here's such a human story. Um, whereas Blade is crazy, but really good. Um, and so they're making a Blade movie uh, at Marvel with uh, Mahershala Ali. Um, and I'm excited about this writer. Again, another, it, it seems like a lot of our news stories are interconnected this week. Um, a Watchmen writer this time mm-hmm. uh, writing Blade. I'm excited for that because Watchmen was pretty gritty and I don't know how you write Blade as not gritty. It's interesting because she is such a variety uh, screenwriter. Like Grace has watched this TV show called Pin 15. Right. And uh, from what I understand, it's a comedy series where the two actors are playing their experience through like middle school and high school in puberty. But they're they're like they're not child characters. They're the only adult characters and they're playing themselves. So it's like this weird like they look 30, but they're walking around the school like playing as if they were. Uh, But I she really likes the show. She's watched all of it. so, I mean, I've heard, uh, you know, she really likes it. So, I mean, that's great. And also she served as a uh, story editor on Hunters, which is n- Nazi Hunters in right. 1970s America. And it's like, wow, Pin 15, female puberty comedy series, and then Nazi Hunters in 1970s America. I mean, and it's like a lot of, I guess, I guess the through line is that like, whether it's talking about puberty or Nazis or uh, Watchmen was very much into black history. It went into a lot of uh, what happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. uh, that massacre. Um, so I guess the through line for a lot of her works is just very, very serious stories, very serious topics. Yeah. And, um, and, and a variety of ways to tell them. Like, which is weird because Blade is about vampires. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, hey, uh, I definitely like the style that Hunters was told in. Um, it was told in very comic booky style. Mm-hmm. Watchmen, like I said, I can't give that show enough praise. I thought the storytelling was masterful. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. all I really want, though, is they're making a Morbius movie. We're getting a Blade movie. Now, I know Morbius is technically Sony. Blade it will be Marvel Studios. I don't want Spider-Man to fight Morbius. I want Blade to fight Morpheus. Makes sense. Vampire Hunter versus a vampire. vampire right? Is that too yeah. much to ask for? Yeah. I guess like one of them has to die though in that movie, right? Like I don't want them working together at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm excited. I'm definitely excited about Morbius and uh, I'm definitely excited about Blade because um, I think vampires are like you know, vampires were kind of dominated. The whole like idea of vampires were dominated by the Twilight series for a bit. 
and I'm, I, I'm, I like that we're going to get some more mainstream content that is not that, uh, not right. that, not to talk bad. I've never read the books, never seen the movies. I just know that it was an infectious, you know, same <laughs> infection level as Marvel has had for a bit. Almost as infectious as vampires themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's it's exciting to see that. Um, going on to our next story is uh, Thor Four is already filming uh, without WandaVision's Kate Dennings. Uh, but it says that she, well, she's revealed there's more in the MCU for her to come. So uh, I guess the discussion is, is she going to make an appearance in Thor 4? Or is she planned for something else? Is there another crossover? Because uh, Kate Dennings is Wanda, right? Or she's that, Darcy. She starts, okay, Darcy. She's Dr. Darcy Lewis. And so she was introduced in Thor 1, and she was in Thor the Dark World. But just like Natalie Portman's Jane Foster character, both of them were absent from Thor Ragnarok because, shocker, Thor Ragnarok did not take place on Earth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and so despite Jane Foster being in Thor 4, um, she's saying that she's not in Thor 4. But maybe there are if 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 you like her characters done so far, there's potentially going to be some more of her. And I'm all for the the through lines of these secondary characters. I, I think that's cool connective tissue. Um, I wish Phil Coulson could have been one of them. <laughs> yeah, I I she so far in WandaVision, she's kind of like a minor character. Like yeah, she discovered what was going on, but like other than that, she's kind of been like right. You know, the conversation or between discussions to prolonged right. like actions in the plot line for WandaVision. <laughs> uh, I, other than like discovering that thing, I don't think she's really done anything directly. Uh, she made the communicator, I guess, like to communicate. Right. Video. I mean, yeah, she has like her actual thing. And then she has a role. Uh, her and Jimmy Woo's role, I think is very much a comic yeah. relief standpoint as we're she getting much more serious with mm -hmm. the uh, WandaVision aspect. Yeah, right now she is the Mrs. Uh, answers to the problems for the outside people right. in WandaVision. She's yeah. the one finding the solutions for these people to continue uh, discovering what's going on with, uh, with Wanda and Vision technically, because he's technically in there. Um, whether he's alive or dead, his body is. <laughs> we know that for sure now. Spoiler yeah. alert. Uh, Vision's dead body is being limped around by Wanda's powers, possibly inside. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like she's puppeteering him to yeah. play I ball think, house. With I him. think he's alive, but you're right. It, it's we don't have a definitive answer. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's cool. I mean, I like to see. Uh, you know, I mean, MCU is known for this at this point. The idea of like, you know. Uh, connecting all these characters across so many different shows. And it's almost like it's, it's kind of respectable that like a minor character as hers could have such a career within just hopping around, yeah. just hopping around. And it's like, that's it's kind of nice, you know, that's something that I think uh, a lot of those of us who watched the Netflix series that are no longer Canon, but we're such huge fans of is, um, not only did like Luke Cage show up in Jessica Jones, which we all kind of expected, but additional to that, in Daredevil season one, we were introduced to a character, Claire Temple, um, 
and she hops around. I think she's in every show mm -hmm. except for the Punisher. But in the Punisher, uh, Karen Page is in it, and mm -hmm. she was in Daredevil. And so, uh, and I think Foggy Nelson shows up in a Jessica Jones series, and Jerry Hogarth shows up. And these are all secondary characters. Yeah. Um, that show up into these other series that I just, it, it's such a thing that Marvel has done so well to really make the world feel like it's all taking place in the same world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like they're not necessarily huge things, but it is nice to see a familiar face every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I'm sure we'll see more of it too. Cause like, you know, even if you can maintain the niche markets of people that love particular characters and then get them to cross over in every other way to see that character in all the media, I mean, that's just another way for them to drive uh, viewership to these shows um, and just whatever content that they're putting out. Um, but yeah, uh, moving along, we got Tom Holland plays Koi about multiple Spider-Man rumors. This is a guy who can't keep his mouth shut, so it's almost that him playing Koi is another big tale about <laughs> something. <laughs> uh, from the little that I know. Um, right. It said uh, Spider-Man 3 will tie in with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, is that the third Doctor Strange movie? No, it's the second Doctor Strange. Did they change the name? No, that's the name. That's always been the name. Really? What I thought it was Doctor Strange 2 was called. What's the Seven Rings? What is that one? Oh, that's Shang-Chi and the uh and the Ten Rings and the Legacy of the Ten Rings. What and is who is Shang-Chi? We haven't been introduced to him yet in the movies or TV shows. Uh, at all. At all. Oh my um, he's a new character. Getting a movie later this year. His movie, Shang-Chi and the, the Legend of the Ten Rings, I think is what it is. Mm -hmm. um, his movie comes out later this year. Uh, it's an interesting story. He's kind of the heir to like this really dark and kind of evil uh, group <laughs> uh, in the comics. And mm -hmm. so, uh, and then he realizes, hey, my family are the villains. Maybe I should go stop them. <laughs> mm -hmm. um. Okay. Um, but yeah, so uh, Kevin Feige talked about how Spider-Man 3 will tie into the multiverse of madness. And uh, that's cool. I think Doctor Strange is a really fun character. And it's been a hot minute since we uh, got the first Doctor Strange. So I'm well, excited so to see that. It's kind of a back and forth relationship because we know Doctor Strange is going to be in Spider-Man 3. Yeah. Which we're getting later this year. And then Doctor Strange 2 is uh, the year after. Um, so right now it's kind of like WandaVision, Spider-Man 3, and Doctor Strange 2 seem to be like this little triangle together. Okay. Um, I don't know if anything else is part of it, but as of right now, they're, the three of those are somewhat related to each other. Um, more mm -hmm. so than like everything else. Uh, but yeah, so what Tom Holland's being coy about specifically um, is that we've been talking about maybe the other two Spider-Mans show up in Spider-Man 3, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man and Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. 
since okay. we are getting uh, Tobey Maguire's Doc Ock with Alfred Molina and Jamie Foxx's Electro, which was in the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Um, so there's the idea that all three Spider-Mans were going to be on screen at the same time. Uh, but Tom Holland's saying, nope, not to his knowledge, at least. Um, yeah. But well, he, he says, on, he, he he says beats me, I don't know. Right. If they are, they haven't told me yet, claimed Holland. That would be something that Marvel would do. I watch a film and be like, so that's who's that so that's who's that tennis ball was? I think they yeah. misquoted that. So that's um, So that's who was. the tennis ball was. Um so the tennis ball that he's referring to is like frequently in high CG movies. They use tennis balls or ping pong balls, something spherical. Mm-hmm. Um as uh I don't know what the word is, but as reference points for whatever they're computer generating. Mm-hmm. But sometimes what they're computer generating is just a separate shot, which okay. could be an entirely different cast member. <laughs> and so you film an entire movie where Tom Holland's talking to a tennis ball and then turns out that tennis ball is Tobey Maguire or something like. Okay. Um, now, I think it's interesting that that's his wording because to me it's like, Oh, so there's a tennis ball. That's what you're saying. You're confirming there's a tennis ball on set frequently. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. But maybe not. It, it could go either way. I mean, it's it's always just been a rumor. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems like everybody's talking about it as if it's fact. So maybe it actually is fact mm-hmm. uh, that the other Spider-Mans are in there. And I mean, he's doing exactly what he's supposed to do is deny it, deny it, deny it until that day where yeah, but aren't you glad I kept this one a secret kind of thing? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, if it is, otherwise, if he denies it and it's not true, he denied it mm-hmm. on us for believing otherwise. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure Tom will tell us something uh, <laughs> by accident soon. Um, that's just him. It seems he's been doing a pretty good job lately. Uh, yeah. Um, although he did, he was in a call with. Chris, I don't know if I don't know if we actually knew that uh, Chris Pratt's Star Lord was in Thor Four before he announced it, but there was a call between Tom Holland and Chris Pratt. They were doing like a live chat thing for one of Chris Pratt's charities, mm-hmm. uh, and Chris Pratt says it, and Tom Holland's like, "I don't think people knew that." <laughs> oh shoot! So, so I don't remember if we actually did know before Chris Pratt say that, mm-hmm. um, or if Chris if Tom Holland pulled it out of him, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, but it's, it's like, even when he does leak something accidentally by now, it's so intentional mm-hmm. because like Marvel's not letting him leak stuff on accident anymore. Yes, he did previously, but now the stuff he leaks on accident is scripted. Yeah. I think, yeah. Uh, like what a uh, great PR stunt, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Our next story is just the news that uh, we got to see a new sneak peek for, uh, you know, Zack Snyder's Justice League uh, on the Super Bowl. And, uh, okay, so this this brings me an idea. Um, so we were going to watch Justice League. That's correct. Which before, we still are. Yes. Before the new one. Correct. What do you, what do you think about me not watching it 
and watching this one. Okay. And then, so, so I would have a different reference than everybody. I would be would able to you, watch. Would you be able to watch two very long movies? <laughs> well, this one's going to be longer. Within right? the same week. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the Joss Whedon Justice League uh, is two hours long. This one's going to be four hours long. That's fine. If I so, did the four hour one, I can do the two hour one. Okay. Honestly, I don't know. I think it would be worse to watch the two hour one and then and watch then. the new one and go, <laughs> oh, I've seen this. Like, this is weird. Yeah, I think I, I want to watch True. the new one first no, I, and then go, wow, okay. they cut out all this other stuff. And Okay, know. we can do, uh, yeah, I'll have to find a different movie for two weeks from now. Okay. Um, but yeah, we could do a double Justice League review. That'd be fun. Okay, because because uh, I want to have the perspective because everyone's been hyping the Zack Snyder one, and I want to go as it as someone who's listened in on this hype. This is your Justice League. First, yeah. And then, okay, I'm with that. I'm with that for the fresh perspective. Yeah. Um, and maybe okay. I can yeah. then go. Wow, the first one was bad. <laughs> like there is so much they removed or did not. Right. Make. It'll be interesting to find out if we have differing opinions <laughs> based on yeah, that'll be points of uh, relativity. I guess it's going to be hard though to give it like a, a hand in hand, like you know, versus right. either because way, one of them still... is double the content. Like right, and we still have. It's not like we can erase our mind about the news of the original and the news of this and like, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh yeah, yeah we're getting a trailer, fun. uh, Valentine's day, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, Sunday, we're getting a trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, which is exciting. Um, yeah. I, I think he had a lot of fun with his first teaser. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I'm definitely excited for what's in the trailer. Um, and we're just getting closer. We're like one month away. I don't, do we know, do, do we have the exact day that it comes out? I don't remember if we do. Um, uh, I think it's April. No, it's March. March. I want to say it's March 18th. Mid March. March 18th. Yep. Yeah. So we're about five weeks away. Mm-hmm. From Zack Snyder's Justice League. Some people have been waiting for this thing for basically four years. Mm-hmm. It's almost as bad as Morbius. Isn't that crazy? We've almost been talking about Morbius as long. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's coming up. Uh, we better keep moving along. Okay. Um, so uh, the next one is <laughs> Paramount Plus expedition uh oh maybe the the it's just called paramount plus yeah it's just yeah. called paramount plus yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. Like the name of the trailer i guess it's going live march 4th man paramount you <laughs> did you s- watch this thing i did not uh, <laughs> it's so goofy but like i it's can commentate it kind we'll of just... well done oh gosh i hate reaction stuff really not, not okay. to say that i hate other people doing reaction stuff but okay because so, there are good reactors out there. I'll, I'll start off and say I have no intention to get Paramount Plus. That is me going into this. I am yeah. an average. I think I am an average customer. <laughs> I am not getting Paramount Plus. Okay. okay. So we're yeah, going to start sure off. Yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure your audio doesn't. Yeah. 
snowy mountain. Dory pulls over the edge. And then we see a, probably another character from show. Bunch of characters from a bunch of shows. I feel like Taylor would actually be like a really good reactor. I would not, but. And we see, oh, Survivor. We see DJ Khaled. Dude, that guy shows up everywhere and he does nothing. <laughs> All he does is fun things. Right. Um, it's just love and life. Neil Patrick Harris of Star Trek. Um, they got Neil <laughs> Patrick Stewart. What did I say? Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> oh, yes, just Patrick Stewart. <laughs> SpongeBob. They don't have the rights to SpongeBob, right? I get. I think they have a. I believe Nickelodeon is has a relationship with Viacom. 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 Um, and then Viacom and CBS are Paramount Plus, so it's like this plethora of relationships, all shaking hands to form this. Uh, that is honestly that was <laughs> that collection of content that we got revealed because, like, all it's it like is interesting like, for sure. I mean, it's just a way, like, it, it's a simple way that they yeah. can show, like, this is all the content hey, we have. Your popular IPs are here. Yeah, but. and the end, and they're all here together for some reason. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I, I think it definitely does a better job of showing what content they're going to have than just doing like you know cuts and stills from all the shows. I just want what blue bloods was in there too i recognize was it disney plus that did this originally i'm trying to think maybe it was hbo max no it was peacock it's definitely peacock uh where peacock was just like hey here's what's going to be on our streaming service and it was just a list that's what i want that's fair <laughs> just yeah. something i can read because uh, i want to know about the niche stuff as much as the popular stuff like that's true um yeah um but yeah, that is a strange collection of stuff that I did not think they would have access to. Honestly, I was literally I was going into this thinking, what are they going to have? But it looks like they've acquired some licenses to show things for probably a while, like SpongeBob and all that. Maybe maybe SpongeBob is permanently going to be on Paramount as one of their heavy hitters. Um, right. And people forget SpongeBob is the Mickey Mouse for Nickelodeon like that. That 100%. SpongeBob literally, from what I understand, saved Nickelodeon from going bankrupt when uh, Nickelo when they premiered SpongeBob, uh, and they have tried to capitalize on that ever since. Um, as a result of this, I probably will not get Paramount <laughs> Plus yeah, until I hear until I hear otherwise. I really hope, and this is just me, and I am one to be all for competition, right? Although I will I, say I'm more likely, I'm more encouraged to get Paramount Plus than I ever was to get CBS All Access. Oh, yeah. For me, CBS All Access, I was like, you're charging this price for like a tenth of what everyone else is giving. But now actually they're, they're actually showing that they do have a decent library now with these, all these relationships. Yeah. Um, and so now I, I'm like, oh, okay, well, now at least yeah. I'll consider it, but... I am really wondering, uh, at some point, some point, there's going to have to be partnerships with major streaming leaders and smaller streaming leaders to yeah. partner packages the together. Cable of the streaming world. I imagine Disney is going to possibly entertain this of the idea that, hey, 
you give us access to your library, we'll lump it into ours, and we'll charge our customers slightly more, and you will get access to, they'll get access to this, but we'll take some off the top as well. So if Paramount is, say, seven bucks a month, Disney goes, hey, you can go in here and select all these for five additional dollars for all these other ones. And, uh, you know, they become basically a cable, but they also have their default package, which is access to the Disney library. I don't I know think. if I totally agree that it would be Disney. Um, I, I mean, mean I'm at, not saying, at this point it could be anyone, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying uh, Disney will do it. I'm just saying Disney probably is in the best position because Disney and Netflix are going to be market leaders. Definitely market from a market leadership standpoint, but yeah. And I think I, whoever does that is probably going to gain more market leadership. Like if Netflix does that instantly, I would say, okay, they're number one at this point. Like, yeah, like you cannot. Sure. Whoever's supplying the bundles is. Yeah, yeah. Whoever yeah. supplies the bundles, and um, if they're already contingent for top three, top four streaming services, they're number one at that point. That's why I think it would actually be the companies that would do it are the companies that are already our mass distributors of our streaming services, which is Amazon, which is Roku. Um, I feel like they're in a much better position uh, because they already have standing relationships with these companies. Yeah. Um, they can maybe bring in some people and, and do surprise meetings and be like, hey, Disney, meet Paramount. <laughs> like, we're going to. Well, we I mean, maybe they thing. negotiate different prices for all of them and then they do their own estimations about how many customers they're going to get um, and figure out what the actual price they charge it is without telling anyone i guess well no i guess they would probably have to tell but yeah um yeah may maybe they do manage to get them all in the same room um that yeah. it's like on one hand that kind of feels like a monopoly but they did that with cable way back when so yeah um <laughs> uh so, I, mean, I, I guess that's not to say that's not a monopoly but yeah yeah uh, it happened. There's precedence. Uh, yeah, and 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 I think you're right. I think actually, when you think about it, like who controls the faucet? Whoever's like making Roku? The TVs, right? The Roku TV. The well, that's it, why. Well, I guess Roku's not making the TV, but they're they're doing their plug-in internally now into the TV. Yeah, that's just Roku software. TV, the Amazon TV, the Sony TV, even Apple TV. Uh, Apple the, TV. Yeah, those. I think. I think you're and right. That's I the think... level of competition is our <laughs> TV and, and, and that makes me wonder. Like the faucet that controls the streaming services is the same way that uh, you know ISPs and uh, television providers fauceted television. They they started packaging all these channels and selling them at a premium. And uh, they were definitely getting cuts from that, like AT&T right. U-verse and Charter on Demand and all this stuff. Like, um, yeah, I, I, honestly, if I had to make a bet, I'd put it on Roku. Like, Roku's just grown so much. And, I mean, they have such a large market dominance because they don't, ha they don't have to worry about content. They're, it's just the delivery of the content. Right. But right now... They have no subscription services, from what I understand. They have right. well, they have the Roku channel, and I think they have some. I kind think of, the Roku channel is free, though. But I think you can rent stuff. Oh, okay. Like, I think well, maybe that's you still can, not a subscription service, though, right? Yeah, yeah. And as soon as Roku's like, hey, yeah, for every, you yeah. know, we have twenty-five million packages that we're selling, and we're getting like, you know, whatever per right. month from that. Like, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> 
So that's more, <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. uh, and, and then it's like, when you have the platform that everyone gets on to go to their streaming services, you now have a billboard in front of literally yeah. everyone to advertise to. So you have like massive amounts of control for free advertising, which is honestly insane. Like, I don't know how they fail in this if they get the contracts with uh, right. the streaming services. That's and that would the just be thing. the thing is that, like, does is Disney so hard headed that they want to stay by themselves or Netflix and yeah, uh, that kind of thing, which I could see happening also. But yeah, yeah, I expect that there will be the cable of streaming services in the not so distant future. Yeah. And I think it'll be slightly different. I think, I mean, I imagine it'll be you just go in your Roku and sign up through the subscription through like the settings or something. And then you just unlock the channels and it acts as if you have an account. Like it's like a proxy account. I mean, honestly, probably what it does is that your, your Roku subscription, if that's the case we're using or your Amazon subscription, uh, whatever you're like, the bundle account is, Mm -hmm. you either still have to make subsequent accounts or that account is just the account for each individual. That's what I'm saying. I imagine that that's what's going to push people to go towards the bundling because now you don't have to worry about managing all the subscriptions and logins. And if Roku just, you know, handles that seamlessly where it's like, here are all the channels you have subscriptions for. Here's the ones that you have free access to because they have free trials or free versions like Hulu or whatever. Um, that's a good point. So, yeah, I, I imagine that's how it's going to be. Um, and our last story and our last story is about the Super Bowl. And it's not about the Super Bowl. It's about what happened in between the Super Bowl halves. And that is the trailers during the halftime show. But also they uh, they probably did them throughout the throughout the game like just show yeah them. yeah i mean it's, yeah it's i was just thinking for some reason i just imagine like halftime ads <laughs> just trailer halftime ads trailer. are like very expensive from what i understand yeah i mean there's different price points but they're all very expensive yeah. um which might be part of the reason why we didn't get as many as we normally do mm-hmm. um normally we get like 10 or 15 there was like seven. <laughs> oh wow um but I also just noticed, man, finding a lot of typos in these articles. That, I, I want to become an editor for one of these just to find typos. Like, just that's, a, that's all I want. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> like the spell check exists on every software. Yeah. You don't even need better grammar. I'm just talking about spelling. Yeah. Like these are not words. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but which one uh, in particular are you looking at? Uh, on the, in the in the subheading of F nine, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, where they spelled soldier wrong. You're right. <laughs> Solider, Solider. Yeah, uh, but yeah, going through these trailers, I know we don't have too much time for even our our main topic, but uh, this was kind of the big drop this weekend. Um, because for for movie fans, this is why you watch the Super Bowl. You don't know whether they're going to drop the next Marvel film, the next Fast and Furious, or some other artsy, interesting movie, which we got. Um, that's why you watch the Super Bowl, not necessarily for the football, but for the movie trailers. Um, yeah, I just want to point out, funny enough, you said in the subheading. Yeah. Scroll down to the to the. Do they trailer. spell it wrong again? Oh my goodness, they spell it wrong twice. The same word spelled the same way wrong. And then in the title of the YouTube video. It must have been like added to dictionary, right? That didn't flag it either time. 
that's probably what it is. It's probably accident. Uh, someone was like doing the corrections and they accidentally clicked add to dictionary rather than and then it kept fix all. Yeah. I bet it was. Well, something I guess like we'll that. expect to see that word spelled wrong from this website quite a bit. Then that's that's um, really funny. Um, but, yeah. yeah. So uh, the trailers that we uh, that we got, we got. So uh, you didn't see any of them, or which ones did you see? We'll start with those. So I saw Ryan Last Dragon. Okay, what did um, you think about that? I like this trail. I, I so it's like on one hand, I like it more than the other trailer, but it in part it's kind of because it tells me less. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's less distractive. The previous one mm -hmm. was like so much different scenes and very much really... trying to introduce us to this world. Yeah, and that's what the movie's for. The movie right. does that. So um, I think, I mean, I really think that I'm just as excited for this movie as I was. I don't think right. I saw anything in the trailer that I was like, oh, that's that's something new. Like I was like, what is that? Like, cause the first time I watched it, I couldn't even ingest right. uh, or digest so all of it. There, there's a lot going on. Uh, so uh, in this one, it was just kind of less of that. Um, I'm just going to wait for the movie. Uh, I, yeah. I think with Disney animation and Pixar animation at this point, I'm going to start just avoiding trailers and just going into <laughs> them. Cause soul was so good. Soul and, I'm, so good. I, and I'm really glad I didn't watch the trailer because the surprise of like the core story was like really enjoyable. And uh, I, I mean, think, I, I think like my, the only thing that was really spoiled in the soul trailers is that he dies in the first five minutes. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> like, like I knew that going into it that he yeah. would die. Yeah. And I, I think uh, I've pivoted off my position. I think you'll be happy that uh, I, I'm not going to read. Uh, synopsises and uh spoilers anymore for movies uh yeah could you think, imagine reading the soul synopsis before watching it what's the point yeah yeah the there's no yeah. heart yeah uh, well and also that's a plot line that's very hard to tell well in a synopsis like it's not yeah. a great like it's just it, it, you don't convey the same feeling um that's the only one i watched i didn't see uh now Going over just the movies here, so we have a F9, Nobody, Ryan the Last Dragon, Old, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Claire, Clarice, mm -hmm. Clarice um, Yellowstone 1883, and Coming to America. I will say, and this is just, this is just me. Yeah. The still for Yellowstone 1883, I want to watch that movie. So it's a TV show, I believe. Oh, it's a TV uh, show? It's on Paramount Plus. I don't want to watch it. I, know, uh, you know, I saw Paramount Plus, and I was like, I'm probably not going to watch this movie, but it's, it's a TV show? I believe it's a prequel show for Yellowstone, which I don't know what that movie TV show is. So I can't really comment. I watched it, and it didn't really intrigue me a ton, other than it's got this really gritty voice talking throughout it, and I'm sure for fans, it's exactly what they wanted. Okay, it's a prequel to I don't really a show. know what this. <laughs> okay, probably not gonna watch it then. <laughs> so sad. Um, but yeah, we have uh, an, a movie old, which I didn't know anything about, but it's coming in. Oh man! So this trailer, I, I was going through this list and I was like, oh, what is this one? Oh man, this is wild. So it's M Night Shyamalan. 
Oh, and, um, and I love him. He his his movies are either the best movies ever made or the worst movies ever made in a lot of people's books. I, I'm pretty positive on him, but I'm one of those few people out there that likes his Unbreakable trilogy. I like all three of them. I'm a weirdo that likes all three of them. I like Unbreakable. I like Split. I like Glass. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sixth Sense is iconic. People are pretty split on signs. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so he's got this very muddled filmography, but there's one thing that holds true throughout all of his films is they are all weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what this movie is. This movie is weird. This it trailer, good. it introduces us to this. These people land on this island in a kind of a Jurassic Park vibe kind of thing. But they land on this island for vacation. And for whatever reason, uh this collection of people that are on the island are aging up rapidly Mm -hmm. and they don't know why, but there's this boy that's like six. And then you get another shot where he's like 20. And then there's the, this guy in the still frame who I believe is his dad, I think is shown as like a really old guy at one point. Like it seems weird and crazy and a little horrific (laughs) Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm being honest, but uh, I'm intrigued to say the least. The, this trailer did a great job of just getting me to ask for more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want to know what this story is. Um, I would have interesting. to. I would say. It seems very tense, too. <laughs> something about life force, obviously. And I think maybe one of the people is siphoning it. Oh, you think it's from a person? Oh, well, what if that would be so crazy if because remember, uh, he made Unbreakable, he made Split. We didn't other than that one shot in Split, we didn't know that those movies were related. If it's a person's ability, what if. Okay, not all of his movies, but what if a lot of his movies? It's not just this trilogy of films. What if a lot of them are connected, like even Sixth Sense? The kid who can see dead people. That's a supernatural ability. That's a superpower. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily super helpful in fighting like active crimes, but it's great for post-mortem crimes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we have a trend. He, he likes people who can do stuff. Right. So why not do that here? <laughs> yeah. Because there's people aging really fast. That's so what true. would be an incentive? to um, do that like why someone would someone siphoning it i i think you might be on to some uh i got the feeling that it was something with the island but maybe there's a rock or something something uh but i'd be interested to find out if it was a person that'd be cool mm-hmm. um uh, uh an, yeah a good m night villain is a great m night villain <laughs> yeah um, uh f9 have not seen the trailer have not even seen the past five i don't think uh the the f9 trailer this one was kind of just okay i mean it didn't really get me more hyped for the movie or not it's like okay i'm just ready to watch the movie at this yeah we we know everyone are everyone is coming back to life (laughs) like we know han is coming back we know uh lucas black is returning which we haven't seen him since tokyo drift yeah we we know everyone's in this movie so okay mm-hmm. 
the the nobody trailer was kind of the same way that I'm already excited for this movie. It didn't really increase me or decrease me. Um, I kind of call it the lasagna trailer. There's a big focus on him cooking lasagna for his family. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it was a very like family friendly trailer for for nobody. Um, I remember the first trailer is like very hardcore, but like mm -hmm. this one was very much focused on. He's a family man that has to go back in. Um, and he mm -hmm. just wants to make lasagna for his family. Um, yeah. The Coming to America one, it looks funny. I mean, I laughed at the jokes that are in the trailer. Um, the first Coming to America is good. Hopefully they knock this one out of the park. Yeah. And it's it's exciting to see Eddie Murphy in a lot more stuff lately he's kind yeah, of yeah he, he's really having his return uh i forget what that other movie was that he did on netflix dolomite is my name that a lot of people loved um mm -hmm. yeah so it is nice to have him back yeah um, um other than that you seen um, silence in the lamps oh yeah i mean silence that's lamps. a yeah so iconic movie yeah so yeah. Cl clarice or clarice is it clarice yeah, it's called Clarice. And uh, it's about the... Uh, so it says it... One year later. It says six months after six the months events. later, okay. So she returns to the field in 1993, six months after the events. And uh, it's just about her and solving more crime, I guess. And Dude, this looks so bad. Like, like not, not to say that it looks bad, but like, it looks so uninteresting. Yeah, they did. They paid for such a long trailer, and I didn't understand. It's just her carrying a lamb out because. So what I learned is that they're not even allowed to mention Hannibal Lecter in the show. Yeah, and that's um, why the the thing lands on her mouth to kind of give it away. Like, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> it's just a detective show at this point, right? Yeah, it says her complex <laughs> psychological makeup that comes from. A challenging childhood empowers her to begin to find her voice, voice while working in a man's world, as well as to escape the family secrets that have haunted her throughout her life. And also, I guess the whole thing of having, you know, the side effects of investigating Hannibal Lecter. Right, but she's not allowed to talk about Hannibal, so it's like yeah, it's in the '90s, uh, early '90s. I don't, I don't. Yeah, know. It, it just to me seems like just a regular detective show. <laughs> Yeah, I really. Yeah, cool that that takes place in the Hannibal Lecter world. I just wish Hannibal could show up at some point. Yeah, I hope I'm wrong. I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I never wish something to be bad, but apparently, it got a 35% from 17 critics. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not wishing for it to be bad. I'm just saying it doesn't look that intriguing. That there's yeah. nothing in these. Uh, teasers and trailers to get me to go. It Man, says, I really <laughs> got to watch that. I was a huge fan of both the first and second uh, Silence of the Lambs. Uh, it says that uh, the website's critics consist consensus reads, and that honestly, going into the statement, I think this rings true for the trailer as well. Effectively grim, but narratively bland. Clarence is a disturbingly yeah. safe procedural that leads us down, lets us down both in its talented cast and source material. 
Yeah, it's like I don't know what they could possibly tell unless they just go into all these other weird supernatural serial killers kind of stuff. Supernatural? Sounds like mean, not necessarily supernatural, but there's like supernatural suspense, even though it's not actually supernatural. Yeah. High tier uh, crime, like 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 yeah. very like Yeah, high high crime in the sense of high fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um because yeah, we're it talking says about that, a guy that uh, Buffalo Bill, what he skins people, right? And then yeah. Hannibal Lecter eats people. So, like, we're talking about serial killers that are like all yeah. have their weird fixins. And so, I guess if you really lean into the the weird fixins of the villains, but otherwise, it's just a detective show. <laughs> yeah, it says that. Uh, yeah, it's about her returning to the field to pursue sexual or yeah, sexual predators and serial murders. Or yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll see. I'm not got my high hopes, but uh, yeah. who knows? Um, but anyway, that's and then uh, last for best. What <laughs> the Falcon and Winter Soldier trailer oh. they dropped um, two minutes. It's so good. Yeah, so they dropped a 30 second clip, I believe, and then it said go watch the rest online. I think is what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and watching the whole thing. It's simultaneously so good and simultaneously so bad to me because it does the one thing I didn't want the show to do, which is turn it into a comedy. And it's a pretty funny trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think there's a time and place for comedy, but one of my big qualms with Marvel uh, as of late is that it's turning too many characters into comedians. Mm-hmm. It turned Drax into a comedian. It turned... Um, Gamora into a comedian. It turned Thor into a comedian. It, it's, yeah. it's been turning a lot of serious characters into comedians. And this one kind of, sure, Sam has always been a little bit on the one-liner side, but Bucky never has. Yeah, Bucky's kind of playing into it. And so to me, I was just kind of like, this isn't really the Winter Soldier we knew. Like this mm-hmm. is a character. Like where where it's was a the, different guy? Yeah. Where was the character development to that to that point in time? And it's like I, I don't even necessarily want that character development. I, I want there to be still grim characters, because mm-hmm. then it highlights the the happy go lucky characters <laughs> a little bit more. But um, that being said, they have a ton of chemistry on screen together. Um, I think it's pretty solid. Uh, we get to see Zemo's purple mask which I love to see because that purple mm-hmm. mask is iconic for him. Yeah. Um, we get to see uh, just a little bit more action sequences. Uh, we get to see, uh, I don't know if we saw a little bit more of us agent, but he's there. Um, there's a voice at the beginning of the trailer that didn't sound like Zemo to me. And I don't mm-hmm. know who it is. Um, it could be, I'm trying to think of the guy's name. Um, we know he's in it. Uh, I can't think of his name right now, but, uh, he was from Captain America and the winter soldier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we also get to see Sharon Carter show back up, uh, which is great. And then, uh, Batrock, that was his name. Batrock the Leaper uh, mm-hmm. from Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Uh, it could be his voice, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, there's someone saying um, 
there should be no more superheroes or something very much in the same way that Mordo at the end of Dr. Strange said no more sorcerers. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think it's just really interesting. I think the story is going to be really uh, thought provoking. Uh, mm-hmm. There's also that girl in it um, played by Aaron Kellyman. Kellyman. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know who she's playing yet because it's a different costume than characters we're used to. Um, The speculation from what I'm seeing, and I kind of agree with it. I think uh, the two ideas, one is Sin, uh, which is Red Skull's daughter. Maybe they'll change that to be uh, Red Skull's granddaughter. Mm -hmm. Um, Since since we're talking about two Captain America-adjacent protagonists, we're talking about Captain America-adjacent antagonists. She definitely falls into that uh, if that is indeed who she's playing. The other one, which I think fits with the story they're trying to tell, probably, is Flag Smasher. Uh, mm-hmm. That would be a gender-bent Flag Smasher. But uh, very anti-nationalistic Captain America villain. Um, where Captain America is the face of patriotism. I I think Loki says it best. Uh, I can feel the righteousness, the patriotism. God bless America. That's what Loki describes Captain America as. And uh, Flag Smasher is the opposite of that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I think that would be an additional good foe uh, for Bucky and Falcon to face off against. Uh, But otherwise, I mean... uh, where like I think this will fill a big void for a lot of people that were like WandaVision looks like a sitcom. It doesn't look like an action movie, which the Marvel movies have all been. And so far, they're absolutely right. WandaVision is not really much of an action movie, <laughs> uh, action TV series. And I think this one, this one's going to fill that gap for a lot of people. It looks like a ton of action. Um, and, well, at the same time, uh, I do hope, though, that they lean into kind of the political thriller of it all, uh, that they were kind of teasing, uh, but this trailer doesn't necessarily seem to emphasize a ton. Uh, but I'm kind of hoping kind of the same thing with uh, Nobody, that it's like it's the family-friendly trailer kind of thing that's just like, look, it's just fun action. And then we get to the movie it's a Captain America winter soldier political thriller. And um, cause I mean, that movie didn't have that incredible, didn't have all the politics necessarily in, in the trailers, um, but it, it was very political um, mm-hmm. about whether the government should just point a gun to everyone kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so, and Captain America has been at the forefront of a lot of laws being made in the MCU. So, um, and he's been against most of them. So <laughs> uh, obviously the government's going to want a Captain America that's more on their side than Steve Rogers was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm still excited for this show. Uh, it was, was and still is probably my most anticipated show of the Marvel shows that have been announced. Um but I am very pleasantly surprised about WandaVision. So if it can evoke the same joy that WandaVision is giving me, mm-hmm. you won't hear complaints from me. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but yeah, we'll we'll definitely be talking about Falcon and Winter Soldier when that does eventually come out. Uh, like I said, I'm super excited for it. A lot of Super Bowl trailers. Uh, a little bit less than usual, but it's been an unusual last year um, that I'm sure a lot of studios are hesitant to uh, pop up the change to do these ad these expensive advertisements. Let's also think about what what was in last year's Super Bowl. What was in last year's Super Bowl? Probably Fast and Furious Nine, No Time to Die, Black Widow. These are a lot of movies that we still haven't seen. So. Mm-hmm. What are they going to do? Just air the exact same trailer again and pay for it again? No. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I I don't think it points to one thing or another about the film industry other than they just want to start putting out movies again. Uh, which brings us to next week, which we are watching another old movie. Um, the sequel to Man of Steel. A lot of people nowadays, they, there's quite a few people asking for a Man of Steel 2. I remember when this movie was branded as Man of Steel 2 initially, and that's oh, wow. Batman v Superman. Uh, that's what we will be reviewing next week, uh, Wednesday at uh, 5 p.m. Eastern time, live on twitch.tv slash unanimous indecision, Batman v Superman, um, and get Taylor's first reactions to, to that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Otherwise, this Saturday at noon Eastern time, we will be reviewing WandaVision episode six. What's going to happen? What craziness? What's going to be revealed? Who's going to be thrown out of the bubble? Uh, I don't know. Anything can happen in that show at this point. Uh, Yeah. uh, Who's going to show up? Who's going to be gone? I don't know. I'm just super excited. Taylor Wilson, appreciate having you here. Thanks. It's been good all of your insight and i'm joshua troop those of you thank you for listening to us this is unanimous Mm -hmm. decision we'll catch you next time thank you thank you